In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the Professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn, and it's the C3 Panthers podcast. Tonight's show, Carolina Rules. It's a giant show tonight as the Panthers announce they are hiring Matt Rule. We've got a packed show, including two special guests. To kick off the show, we've got National College football writer Chris Hummer joining us, who has studied Rule's time at Temple and Baylor extensively. And later on in the show, we've got WFNZ's Kyle Bailey, host of the Clubhouse, who has been trumpeting Rule's name all throughout the last couple of weeks. And um, we've also got our ear to the ground when it comes to Panther Nation. The cat calls have been flying in tonight. And if you want your voice heard, you can call into the show at 252-228-5098. Go ahead, smash the thumbs up button, subscribe to the show, hit that little bell so you don't miss any of the content of the number one Panthers podcast out there. We're live Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. on YouTube and syndicated on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, And guys, we're in the house today. We've got the whole crew up in here. Cody Lashney, what's up, my friend? Tony Dunn, listen, the football gods have smiled upon us. Ron Rivera was fired on a Tuesday, and Matt Rule has been hired to be the next coach of the Carolina Panthers on a Tuesday. You can't write this, man. The football gods love the C3 Carolina Cat Chronicles podcast. And as always, we have the most lit Panther fans in the YouTube chat. God of Blackness, Josh from Mass, Underground West, Brad Duggan, all the three, Alex Stark, Tony Dunn. We have a huge show tonight, brother. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Let's roll. CK is in the house. What's up, brother? You know, living the dream, man. Living the dream. Got off a little early tonight. Wanted to get some uh, some research done up on our boy. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled, man. Super thrilled. New era. You know, you got a, got a, a fresh taste in your mouth and got something to be excited about. Some, uh, some brand new... A brand new world and uh, just a lot of unknowns that come along with it, but uh, I'm excited to see what it brings. Stat Daddy's here too. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. Uh, I'm not quite as optimistic as y'all, but hopefully y'all are going to turn my around in this podcast and find out what's going on. I know with a name like Rule, you can make a lot of fun puns. Oh, oh, I've already begun. I've already begun. All right, um, let's go ahead and jump in the show. We're going to hit segment one and Chris Hummer in two seconds. I just want to say this for people I haven't heard, and you've been living under a rock in Panther Nation. Panthers hire former Baylor coach Matt Rule. He's known for turning around programs such as Baylor and Temple. He was an assistant coach with the Giants at one point, and he's really interested in sports innovation, and he also makes a lot of money now. Seven years, $60 million, and that doesn't sound like a willy-nilly contract. And to help us understand this hire, we've brought in national college football writer Chris Hummer from 24-7 Sports, who has studied and written extensively about Matt Rule, Welcome to the C3 Podcast, Chris. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for me on. Man, we, you know, I, I ran across your story, and it finally was a story I needed that made me think that analytics could be more than a buzzword, but a philosophical, well, I, don't, I won't say I was that off-put by the word, but 
more, but a true philosophy on how to build a just a theory, like the theoretical approach to the game. Your article was a framed around. It's titled "Behold: the Analytics Revolution." If you're gonna miss, miss fast. What are your initial thoughts on Matt Rule to the NFL and to the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's an excellent hire. Um, I won't pretend to be as versed in the Carolina Panthers roster as y'all, but I'm pretty well versed in Matt Rule. I live in Austin, Texas, uh, about an hour away from Waco. I've spent some time around that program. I know how well-respected he is, kind of not only in the college community, but in the scouting community at large. I remember pretty vividly, uh, being in a press box earlier this year and talking to NFL scout um, and he was just raving about Matt rule and how well prepared his teams always are. Um, I think Matt rule has a lot of traits that translate well to the league. Um, and some of them kind of might not be what you expect, but he's a program builder. And not only that, he's a proven developer of talent. And ultimately I think that's what will allow him to be successful. Your article is framed around this storyline of temple versus the Goliath of Penn state. You talk about how Rule's time in Temple was one trying to find a way to topple this giant. And then you followed this perspective to Baylor. And here's the quote that first stood out to me from your story. If you And it's from Matt Rule. He says, if they take a top 50 recruit, I need to take someone who isn't highly recruited. Um, and so I better take someone with these skills and develop them. When player after player left Temple for the NFL, they could all run. They were all big. And it made sense that approach to survive at Temple. Then when we came to Baylor, where you can get top recruits, he said, hey, let's keep the same approach. It works well for us and is starting to pay dividends. Does that, can you, well, that philosophy, will it translate to the NFL, you believe? Yeah, probably not in the way people expect. I think people think the talent is super even in the NFL and just kind of that philosophy might get washed out a little bit but there's not kind of um, the fringes to kind of take advantage of unheralded prospects through scouting and kind of your evaluations. But um, I would argue strongly that you still have to develop to win in the NFL. Um, Bill Belichick's probably a great example of that. He's always been a guy that's lived on kind of the undrafted free agents and kind of recycling players who were considered bust throughout the league. And he's developed them over time, kind of taken players who fit his framework for his system kind of the guys that fit perfectly who may not have excelled so well in another position. And Matt Rule, kind of time after time, going back to Temple and at Baylor as well, has kind of showed that ability to kind of identify those guys and then mold the players for what he needs them to do. And a lot of the times, he's always going to target like elite athletes in order to kind of narrow that gap between Baylor and Temple and everybody else. And in the NFL, where everybody already is um, pretty even, I think his ability to kind of find those guys at the margin is still really going to help him in those situations. Chris, this is Cody Lasham, one of the co-hosts on on the show. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight, man. One of the questions that I have for you is, what do you think is going to be the biggest area of concern for Matt Rule to, uh, transitioning from the college to the pro level? I know in your article you mentioned, you know, he really puts a premium on speed length, size, and explosiveness. Did you have any insights or ideas on what he's going to value in trying to help build this Carolina Panthers roster and what changes he's going to have to make in his own style in moving from college to the pros? 
Well, I mean, he's going to value athletes above all else. But, I mean, those that kind of formula changes a little bit when you get to the league, as I said. But I think he's going to he's gonna find guys kind of that are undervalued in the league, as he did at Baylor and as he did at Temple, and kind of fit his system around them. Matt Rule has been a guy who's run multiple schemes throughout his career, coached with multiple coordinators. He's always kind of made it work. And I think those philosophies are going to kind of apply no matter what. In terms of what he needs to learn to do, his stint in the NFL was super brief. He was with the New York Giants for a year as an assistant offensive line coach. So there is going to be, I would imagine, an adjustment period for him as he kind of gets used to kind of the scouting community, the scouting process in the NFL, the draft process, the free agency prospect process, right. and all those things that work into it. That's just going to be a learning curve. Do so. One of the things, or uh, one of the names rather, that have been tied to Matt Rule is Phil Snow, and a lot of people are starting to think that maybe uh, Phil Snow might end up coming to be the defensive coordinator here. Are you hearing anything about Phil maybe even stepping up to be the head coach of Baylor, or do you feel that he's probably going to come to Charlotte with Matt Rule? I can't say he's coming to come to Charlotte with Matt Rule, but he's been with Matt Rule for much of his career, and it wouldn't surprise me. I think early on, Baylor is looking at another coach on that staff, Joey McGuire, to potentially fill that role along with a number of outside candidates. That'll be a popular job. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. But um, in terms of Phil Snow, if he does come to the NFL, I think a lot of what he does is going to apply well. And in a lot of ways, Phil Snow is kind of Matt Rule's mentor. In this sport, uh, Matt Rule adopted a lot of his analytical thought processes from Phil Snow based on their time together at UCLA. Um, kind of Phil Snow used to stress testing data when he took DBs, and he was the defensive coordinator there. So they've really been linked for a long time. And I think in this era of kind of spread offenses and some of the area principles that have percolated over to the league, Phil Snow is in some ways uniquely equipped if he was to join the Panthers to kind of attack some of those things, especially with kind of the three-man front, multiple safeties, looks he's used throughout his tenure at Baylor. Um, he's kind of found a way to kind of attack those uh, offenses in space. Hey there. Uh, this is uh, CK. Um, so as a Panthers nation, I guess, one of the most uh, electric human beings on our team to ever exist outside of Steve Smith has been Cam Newton, one of the most divisive as far as opinions among our fan base. Uh, when you think about Matt Rule and the, the philosophies he, he I guess, wants to, to really follow, do you feel Cam Newton fits into that mold that he's looking for, for the undervalued and the athletic? And, and, and obviously, when you think about the numbers that he's going to be uh, working with, where does Cam Newton fit into this? And if he doesn't, what do you feel like would be the the, the next best option is the, in the draft? Or is there a free agent that you – I mean, you may not be aware of any of the free agents, but what do you think based on uh, what you know about Cam Newton? I mean, I know Cam Newton was one of the most dominant college players I've ever seen. Uh, his season at Auburn, I believe in 2011, ranks probably in the top five ever. And I also know that he was an MVP not too long ago. If he's healthy – I certainly think he's a piece that Matt Rule will employ well. Uh, he is one of those players that is remarkably unique. Um, he is a special talent in that aspect. I know there have been some concerns over his accuracy and his injury history over the years. But if you have a fully healthy Cam Newton, <clears throat> I'm willing to bet Matt Rule will find a way to make it work. And he's had mobile quarterbacks in the past. 
and he's designed systems around quarterbacks who um, don't necessarily have the strongest arms. I know that's not Cam's problem and around quarterbacks. Well, we don't know yet. We haven't we haven't seen the deep ball in a long time, so we'll see after this. Uh, you know, we, we get uh, we get him back healthy. But uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, <laughs> CK, I you sound like you hit a whip it. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, he's been sitting on my he was on my fantasy bench all year, not doing much because of his shoulder injury. So I understand that. But um, yeah, I think Matt Rule, if Cam Newton is healthy. Cam's a special talent, and he'll find a way to make it work. If Just knowing what I know about college football, though, if Cam Newton doesn't work this year, um, 2021 is set, setting up to be one of the most special quarterback draft classes in a long time. I don't know if Carolina's going to go the tanking route or design the roster hmm. around that, but I would imagine a rebuild is a possibility given the kind of tenure they've given Matt Rule. And if you can get Trevor Lawrence or you can get Justin Fields in that draft class, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Oh, Co- his ears just perked up. Cody's ears. Yeah, I'm a, listen, man. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Clemson fan, so you don't have to tell <laughs> me about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, we, uh, yeah, a lot of people already have their eyes on him, but uh, go ahead, Greg. Hey, uh, hey, what's going on, man? This is Greg. Uh, another guy likes to talk with these guys on the show. And uh, I was reading the article, man, and I was, uh, you know, I noticed you, you focused a lot about. Uh, uh, football tracking, and then you know you spoke a lot about speed. And <coughs> one line that kind of stood out to me was uh, when you were talking about the uh, wide receivers, about some coaches preferring uh, change of direction and fluidity of receiver, but rule is straight speed. So with that kind of mindset, looking at the fact that we have DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, who are real big speedsters, and then Christian McCaffrey, who can pretty much do anything you want to on the field, what do you think he could do with these weapons if he has, you know, uh, the opportunity to really, really make them flourish because we've been kind of conservative with these players over the last few years, and I feel like we haven't really had the opportunity to let these guys flourish. And yeah, maybe speak on his offense there. a little too. Yeah, no. yeah, his offense has traditionally—it's like a spread. It's like a traditional Big Twelve spread. He was a power guy <laughs> when he was at Temple. Um, they were a pro-style offense, but when he came to the Big Twelve, he kind of adopted a lot of the principles there. Um, he still had a running base. I believe they were a 50-50 split team run pass for most of the year. And he does – I think the speed comment comes in based on the fact that you can't teach it. Like, that's one of those skills that's just, like, innate. And he feels like he can develop receivers um, on the college level. Okay. So I don't know how well that applies to the NFL, but he has always preferred fast players. So I would imagine stretching the field will be a priority. I know I remember watching a guy like DJ Moore at Maryland, and I know he can certainly take the top off the defense. And Matt Rule will not waste that ability. He will take shots if the options are there and he has a quarterback that can deliver the ball. I want to go back to your comments about how um, you believe that he can help ident- or he can identify and maybe even get more out of some players based on some of the smaller, I guess, analytical looks at these things. Like you mentioned, uh, kind of the old football hats, the idea is that everybody's fast. And it's true. Offensive linemen are faster than half of the team, uh, a college team. You know, you can see, whenever you see a college player who looks fast on tape, I'm always a little wary because I know that half the guys on the squad are not fast. So it makes them look faster. But the idea, so like you said, this could be washed out potentially where that's the fear. But when it comes down every year, we've been doing this show, weekly show for seven years, and we cover training camp extensively. We we have to come up with content in the offseason. 
and we're always we know who the top 40 guys on the team are it comes down to the last 13 spots and even less than that and how do you get the most out of your players do you believe that that's undervalued a little bit in the nfl i mean i certainly think it is i think what we've seen is the best team in the last 20 years hasn't really had a lot of high-end players. They've had a lot of guys making between 2 and $5 million a year. And there's a reason for that. It's because there's value to be found on the fringes where people don't explore. And when you were talking about like the athletic testing data, like are you all familiar with like Z-scores and stuff in the NFL draft? Say, say it one more time, Z-scores? Z-scores. Essentially, it measures like how athletic a player is compared to his peers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You mentioned it in your article that like uh, Alabama had 3.6. It's a 1 to 5 scale, correct? Um, that's a little different. That was tracking football, which is a um, subscriber-based company for college teams. But Z-score okay, is just right. kind of a measure of NFL Like a composite data. score. Like yeah, a composite score where they put that weird spider graph up or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, essentially, but like yeah, that, that's that. like an analytical tool that shows how athletic a person is compared to others. And even in the NFL, there is a um, difference between the most athletic people and the kind of least athletic people. For example, Miles Poinkin, the wide receiver from Notre Dame last class, had a 99.9 percentile Z-score, whereas Debo Samuel, who had a pretty good rookie season, had a 76.3. So it kind of shows you the differences there. And I think Matt Rule will embrace all of those ideas and all of that data to kind of make his decisions come draft time. And that can be the difference on special teams if your guy getting there half a second kind of before the punt returner does or um, kind of getting there and pump block formation. I don't know. But like they're like those little things matter. And I think Matt Rule will kind of attempt to utilize all of those um, tools at his disposal. All right, we're almost done. We'll get you out of here in just a moment. The one thing is we continue to look at, and like I was kind of referring to as analytics, as it's it's kind of a buzzword. Look, I, I'm a professor at a community college. I work at a big institution, and you always hear certain words, you know, whether it be buy-in or whatever that they're, whatever someone is trying to. It's just kind of the the talk, right? And I feel like people throw around the term analytics a lot as kind of this buzzword but one of the things as i as i looked at the progression of matt rule from temple to baylor is that i don't think he lets analytics make his decision but inform his decisions do you think that he can that there's he can avoid being trapped by that a little bit and what i mean by that is the kind of idea that well dk metcalf can't run a good three cone whatever, so he's going to suck in the NFL, and he's balling ass right now. Can you? Can he resist being overly handcuffed by that analytic chart? I mean, I, I certainly think so. I think, at least for most good coaches, analytics is a guide. It's not kind of the thing. I mean, situationally, like going forward on fourth down, I can strongly see an argument for following the chart. But in most cases, from a scouting perspective, Ultimately, it's going to come down to what they put on film. I don't think Matt Rule's ever going to get too enamored with a prospect to the point where he's going to take somebody who's an absolute project on his 53-man roster, maybe on the practice squad. I think you'll see Matt Rule kind of stash some of those guys that will become popular players in the NFL. But, yeah, he's going to he's gonna take the players who make some from tape. And he's even got a philosophy where 
he's not going to take players at quarterback, at running back, and at linebacker on testing scores alone. Like, he knows he has to put his eyes on those guys. Positions that are um, not necessarily conducive to just go basing off the testing scores. So I think, I really do think Matt Rule's going to do an excellent job. It might not be immediate. Sometimes it takes a while to turn a program around or turn an NFL team around. But we've seen him take over two programs that were bottom of the barrel and uh, the FBS, especially Baylor, which was an absolute mess when he inherited it, and he turned it around. And I think a lot of his philosophies are going to apply well in the NFL. So, Chris, I have a question for you and uh, also uh, information that I want to give to our (laughs) viewers. I mean, people really are correct when they say that Matt Rule, out of all the head coaching candidates that have had their names spread around for all these different vacancies, Matt Rule really is well-rounded. And in his career, Matt Rule has been the coach of the defensive line, the offensive line, the linebackers, special teams, quarterbacks, tight ends, run game coordinator, and offensive coordinator. I mean, have you ever known any other uh, any other coach to have that kind of resume? And how exactly did that happen for Matt Rule that he found himself in so many different coaching positions? on a football team. I think Matt Rule made it a point early in his career to get exposed to, (laughs) excuse me, as many things as possible. It's a smart thing as a coach. Um, I think gurus are kind of the hot thing now, even in college football. You want the hot young offensive coordinator, but a lot of times program builders, (laughs) guys who have experience coaching all positions are the people who are going to elevate your program. Nick Saban was that way. Bill Belichick was that way. I know Nick Saban's got his um, kind of history with DBs, but he's coached a lot of positions in his career. Bill Belichick has it as well. And I think the best coaches can coach every position on the field. And Matt Rule does have that ability. And I certainly think that aids him, not only um, kind of his ability to coach a team, but a level of respect from grown men. Like if he can talk about their position on an intricate level or at least instruct, that certainly helps aid kind of, bridging the gap between um, college where you could just tell a person what to do and they would do it. And the NFL where a lot of the times your players are making more than you, maybe not Matt rule given his salary uh, moving forward, but you know what I mean? Like, I think that that is a certainly an advantage for rules. He embarks on this NFL journey. Yeah. Well, last question for you is this, is that you, um, and, and it really kind of dovetails with that question. Is how do you see his personality meshing with professional players? You know, he does refer to himself as a disciplinarian to a certain degree. I've always said that being what it takes in the NFL is being a good teacher because these guys aren't as taught as people think. There's just always been successful athletes. So how do you think he will be able to manage that, his personality as a disciplinarian, as a teacher, uh, as a preacher almost? I mean, I've seen him talk as a, at a at a conference, a men's conference, not personally. I watch it on YouTube. And he's got that preacher vibe like his dad. How do you think that's going to resonate in an NFL locker room? Well, I I think as somebody who's sat down with him before, he is a very personable human. Uh, He comes across as a very normal guy. I think that certainly aids kind of in that transition in the NFL. Um, Disciplinarian's fair. Like, he can be tough on players, especially early on in his regime. But I think he's also kind of got the resume and also kind of the chops as a teacher, as you said, to back up some of that (coughs) pushing he'll do for the Carolina Panthers early on. So I think think he's a guy who's going to relate well to people in the NFL. I've never met a person who has a dislikes Matt rule. 
he is just an infectious guy. Um, everybody thinks they're you think you're Matt Rule's friend after about five minutes of talking to him, and that is a rare quality, I feel, just humans in general. And I think that's going to aid Matt Rule when he kind of goes to the NFL. <coughs> All right. Well, fantastic. Great stuff. Uh, it's, it's, t- well, first of all, tell everybody how they can find your work. Yeah, I mean, I would encourage everybody who's interested in college football to read 24-7 sports. We've got it 24-7, 365 from recruiting to on-the-field news, and uh, it's a great place to get all your college football news. Hey, uh, this is a, a real a last <laughs> question out of left field. Do you have a prediction for that national championship game? Oh, yeah, probably. I have to lean LSU, just like talking to people in this uh, <laughs> community. Yeah, they're just <laughs> – I don't know how well Clemson safeties are going to match. Clay safeties and middle linebackers are going to match up with what uh, LSU is going to do in the slot with guys like Justin Jefferson. So I think that'll make the difference. I, I hear that sentiment echoed a lot. So I do not blame you for that prediction. Yeah, right, I mean, it's, LSU's LSU's explosive. It's fun to watch. Fantastic, uh, Chris Hummer. You can find him on Twitter at chris underscore hummer. Thank you a lot, Chris, for joining us, especially on short notice. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, better. One. All right, guys. Man, uh, look, we've got a major lineup tonight. We've we've just listened to uh, Chris Hummer talk about Matt Rule, and very like he said, he sat down and met him before, and now we've got a ton to talk about. Kyle Bailey coming up later in the show. Your cat calls two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight, and I do want to just go ahead. It's time for us to react. You know what I'm saying? We had to start yep. with a interview right away because of the way the timing worked. But I just want to, you guys aren't going to be able to see this. I know you've already seen it, but you will be able to hear it. This is David Tepper talking, uh, taking the call for when Matt Rule agreed to the job. All right, and let me see, hopefully it'll work. So we got a deal? Well, listen, I'm I'm so freaking happy. Okay, I can't even tell you. I think we're going to have a great partnership, Matt. Yes, sir. All right, uh, he kept it short and sweet. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Tepper was ecstatic. I think he saw his guy. I think he flew down there. I don't know if he knew he was his guy right away, uh, but on the way there. But I think Tepper was trying to show. A seriousness by going there, going to Waco, meeting him personally. And this is Tepper's style. It's so Tepper's style to go in like this, make this a personable moment, and um, to make it one that's exciting. But I think that the businessman and David Tepper said, this is our guy. I'm not letting him get in the way from us. We're doing this today. Your initial thoughts, I'll give it to you, CK, first. Your initial thoughts on Matt Rule as the coach of the Carolina Panthers and the news that's unfolded today. You know, we had talked about it, you know, pre-show. I I think this was the least talked about as far as possibilities. Uh, You know, and I think it had a lot to do with the, 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 the stars were aligning for him to go to the Giants based on his history of being there during, uh, you know, some of the best years the Giants had. Uh, but, you know, and, and, and 
what I think is most interesting is how we've gotten him. You know, I I think it's the most tepper way for it to possibly happen, which is as you mentioned, you know, he's he's not going to wait, right? You know what what I think happened, and I, I mentioned on, on Thursday when we had the show on Thursday because of the new year, um, at, I didn't see Tepper being the type to wait, like bird in the hand type of guy, um, instead of waiting for uh, something else to come along. Well, he started to see Mike McCarthy get hired. He started to see the writing on the wall with Matt Rule going up to. Uh, the Giants. And, and so I, I think he was, he started to feel the reason for him letting Ron Rivera go early, not only giving Ron a competitive advantage, but also trying to give ourselves a competitive advantage was not actually working out if he let all these coaches go to the places they wanted to go to. So I think that was awesome. I will say based on the, uh, the, uh, the guests that we had, Chris and, and, and the, um, the actual, uh, article when you read the the style of athleticism and speed is Carolina not his wet dream? Like, Sounds like I, mean, I don't know, but it is after listening to you. Uh, yeah, your voice like, is wet dream, CK, man. say say you're a mean one, Mister Grinch. You're a mean <laughs> one, Mister Grinch. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, All I don't right, know if you know, but you like you have like a voice changer going, man. You sounded very very white. Oh, yeah. Right. What did you change? Did you change the setting? No, I just since I, I we I'm started. Like, uh, no, it might be the uh, the actual mic itself. I've, I've I turned the gain up a little bit. But no, it was not like this when we started. You're gonna have to leave and come back because here, first of all, it's awesome. It sounds like you just hit a whip it. It's second of awesome, yeah. That's why we all sit here laughing. Okay. Uh, we've Sorry, all had the awesome, giggles man. here. Josh from Mass said this: "Will you say please, please say, uh, rubber dub dub, <laughs> rubber dub dub." And he also said that CK's got to change his handle to Vanilla Thunder. <laughs> so leave and come back. It actually it didn't All sound right. bad. It's just very yeah, pronounced. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. pronounced. We'll that was your real voice. All right, let's radio. let's pass the mic over to Cody Lashney. Uh, thoughts on the Matt Rule hire? So listen, I feel like out of all the names that we've mentioned on the show, uh, Matt Rule's kind of the guy that we didn't talk about. Um, enough, you know, we've been talking about Eric Bianami and Kevin Stefanski, and I felt like uh, we all kind of thought, due to David Tepper's comments, I mean, it's not like we were just guessing. He threw us off the trail, he threw us off the trail. I had no reason to believe that we were gonna go and hire a uh, a college coach, um, but that's exactly what we did, and if we were gonna hire a college coach. Um, you know, now knowing that Lincoln Riley and those defenses are always so bad at Oklahoma and seeing how good the defenses have been for Baylor and Temple while Matt Rule was there and how versatile he is being able to coach all these different positions. Um, I'm a fan. I'm a real fan of the move. And I love that David Tepper got the man that he wanted for the job and it kind of says to me that, you know, you signed him to seven years. So you're telling him, well, we're not just going to move on from you after a bad season. So in my mind, it's... Cody, who did you say at one point a couple of weeks ago, maybe even two months ago, you said, it wasn't that long, it was about a month ago, you said, 
do this for Lincoln Riley, and this is what you would do. And right. we were talking before the show, and that's what they did for Matt Rule. Tell them what you that, what I mean. Yeah, that's a hundred percent what they did for Matt Rule. So essentially, they gave him long enough of a leash to say to him, "Listen, you know, our, our quarterback situation is what it is, but he now has enough leeway to be able to, you know, see everything that he has from Cam Newton." Run Cam Newton out there. If he's healthy, then he's your franchise. If for whatever reason it doesn't work out or Matt Rule wants to move in a different direction, next year isn't his job. He's not playing for his job because David Tepper just signed him to a seven-year deal, and he doesn't want to be the Browns where they're hiring another coach every year. So uh, Matt Rule coming from college, as our guest said, the ability to transition from post from a pro style offense to a run pass option offense. It means he's versatile enough to use the talent that he has and put them in the best positions to win football. So I'm happy with this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm loving the move right now. And I, I want to, you know, see what Matt rule is capable of doing. It came out of left field. I wasn't expecting Matt Rule to be the hire, but I'm happy that it is. Before we move on, mad love to Ross Gould with a $10 super chat. He says this, first of all, I love the hire. I'm very optimistic. Rule is a player's coach, adored by his players. Coach mostly three stars and still beat teams with mostly five stars. Excited to see what he does in the NFL. Thank you, Ross Gould. I'm excited and optimistic as well, more than I thought I would be. And I know more than I would have been had this been uh, the Minnesota offensive coordinator Stefanski or the Bienemy. I was not. I have had some reservations about that. I also want to give mad, mad love to RT 1981, who says the reason he hasn't watched the national media anymore is because there's no need with podcasts like this where he can get his Panthers fixed. So we appreciate your support. Go ahead, smash the thumbs up button. 350 in the house, tree 50 in the house, and he does what he does best, best, tree 50. Matt Rule seems to be a football whisperer, so let's go ahead and douse some water on the fire. Go ahead, Stat Daddy. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, um, you just call him a white, wet blanket, essentially? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, somebody said a wet dream, somebody said a wet dream, and now we're at wet blanket. There you uh, go. <laughs> one one begets the other. So, um, <laughs> I don't really know a lot about Matt Rule. Um, I know what I've read today and what I, you guys have told me. Uh, looking up information, it looks like he's he's gonna be good to go. It seems like David Tepper was really excited about the situation, and I think he he has a pretty good head on his shoulders about making decisions on things like this. Even though I'm sure he's missed a few times in his life, uh, hoping he doesn't right now. <sighs> I just can't get excited for it. I can't be as excited for it as everybody else, or as, as much as y'all are at least, because I, I just, I'm skeptical. I'm optimistic, but I'm skeptical because the transition from college to pros, majority of the times does not work out for the best. You have a few outliers, but it, it's just a totally different game. It's, it's like um, Chris was saying earlier, you know, when you're in college, you have a guy that's a standout because he's faster than everybody else on the team. But then when you get to the pros, you realize 
He's just everybody's fast. Everybody on the team. Yeah, yeah exactly. everybody's so, fast. There is some that, concern that's, that's there. A big transition. Yeah. Um. But I mean, other than that, man, I I really don't know. It is what it is. We have this guy. I'm interested to see his um management decisions going forward to this off season on um free agents, the direction he takes his team with the draft, what he does with Cam Newton. That's what I'm more concerned with right now because I know nothing else about the guy. So that'll give me a better idea of how much I'm going to like him. It is based I'll on what you. he does in the future. I'll tell you. And do I sound better, guys? Yes. Yes. Well, no, because it did sound fucking. Awesome. You did sound awesome. Yeah. Huh? yeah. yeah. yeah I was wondering how long yeah. we were going to let you go without saying anything. I was yeah, like, I was. Really cool. Yeah. When y'all started chuckling, I'm like, I, I guess it's funny. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> no, your question about him being able to transition to the NFL, uh, you know, from the college game. Well, I, I I agree because everybody is is a better athlete in the NFL. But I also disagree because the NFL is transitioning to a more college-friendly type of a, a game, you know. And I think that that is where Matt, you know, will allow us the ability to maybe compete in the new NFL that is, you know, running more college-like offenses, such as uh, Baltimore. Um, so I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. Like I said, I, I really do think that when you think about the speed, the Panthers with, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey. Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, now on the defense, you go over to Dante Jackson. You know, we have a lot of speed, and I think that's something that can be attractive to a guy like Matt Rule. Yeah. Well, while I, I, I see your point, and I kind of agree with you on that uh, to a certain extent, um, I mean, the, the way I'm kind of looking at it with that is you're right. It is that the pros are transitioning more to like a college-style offense, like a more spread, faster-style movement. But the players overall are still – definitively better and still faster so yeah. it doesn't really matter which scheme you're running the players are going to be faster and better so he may be more familiar with an offense like that because it's moving towards a college style offense but it's still going to be against better um competition i'd be more oh, worried God, if so. he didn't have a history in the nfl you know he, he, here's here's what you look at you know he's that's why he was going to go to the giants he had a connection with them right but Here's what's funny, you know. We we've we've all. I'm assuming we've all listened to Tom Coughlin uh, telling WFNZ about, uh, you know, what type of a, a coach we have. Matt Rule is now going to have a mentor in Tom Coughlin. You know, I know that may not excite a lot of people, but he he knows how to coach in the NFL. He knows how to handle this stuff, right? And yeah, he may not have done well down in Jacksonville in the front office. Um, and he was on the latter part of his career with the Giants, but I think Matt Rule can now take what was the best parts of Tom Coughlin and then what was the best part of him in college, and I think there's an opportunity for us to see something that we haven't really had in in the Carolinas, which is somebody who doesn't focus one way or another with his well-rounded aspect of things. He is going to be a coach, a leader, above all else, use statistics to kind of dictate where he goes with this team and then let the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator run the game plan that they've actually installed throughout the week. So I think that is the part of it that is uh, that's going to allow us to to maybe prosper because we're not so focused one way or another. Like Ron Rivera, and I, you know, I'll let somebody else take the reins after this. Ron Rivera, being that he was defensive minded, he wanted to keep his defense off the field, so we just ran, 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 right? No. And so that when you don't want to have somebody who's one-sided, you know, one side or the other, I think you get the best of both worlds, hopefully. Hopefully it's not a hybrid-type situation like we had with Ron Rivera's 4-3-3-4 defense where we were like, oh, you get the best of both worlds. But 
uh, that didn't work out very well, but we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm excited. I think there's a lot of positives to take away from it, especially when you look at the history he's had of just constant success. Okay. Well, here's how I stand on this. Oh, let me change my mind. I can just mind. talk like this if you like. Greg, I know you had a point you wanted to make real quick, but I did want to kind of bolster what you were saying and that you did have some, some credence to what you were saying. Um, and there's only been two coaches that have really come from college to the NFL that have been successful, and that's been Jim Harbaugh and and I guess Chip Kelly and no, really, I even no, yeah, Chip and, and a lot of people. But he's the only person that even had one success because uh, you know who says this all the time. Cody is Peter King, and he keeps saying, and um, there's only two coaches in the last 20 years, excluding Pete Carroll and Tom to Coughlin. Yeah, but because right, he yeah. deemed them as college coaches, as professional coaches. Who went to college and then came right. back? Came back, yeah, right. Is so I mean, there is something to that. Well, it, it is, but here's my point: it is. It was such a minor thing. role in the pros, I think, for right. so short. Like, let's look at that's what I wanted to bring up. Let's look at rules pro or pro experience. He was he one year in New York in the Giants or with the Giants as an assistant to the offensive line coach. And that was his pro experience. So I mean, it's if we really, yeah, if, if we, I'm always going to say it like that. If we really want to consider that some serious NFL experience, I mean, granted, I know it's more than I've ever had or will ever have, but that is an assistant to a positional coach for one year, and the team went nine and seven that year. So it's not like they were they were lights out that year. Um, I mean, to, for me, that's just not a lot of pro experience. That's almost. Enough where you can't really. That's like saying I went to college for uh, two sem for two uh, semesters, and I was you know a college like you know I'm a college student. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of for me it's just a little. I don't or know. Or taking it, it, a it, class, it. taking a class, and saying you're a college yeah. student. Right. Uh, one, yeah. one of the thing. One of the things that that I, that I will say though is you know uh, you know there's a now I feel like if we continue to say well other college coaches haven't had a lot of success in the past. Now we're kind of just going off of superstition. And I understand you might sure. think that, well, you know, uh, if other coaches had a hard time transitioning, well, there's probably a reason for it. But, Analytics, bro. Uh, yeah. And Cody but, does and, not and, and believe I, in superstition. Cody does not, not believe you should not that. draft USC receivers because they've been trash no, in the history. That, don't, don't be believe. paralyzed by your superstitions is Cody's message. That's, that's track right. record, though. That's not All that, you know, no, when you're walking down the sidewalk, don't step on a crack, break your mama's back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just not I'm, not, I'm not into that. But what I will say, and I think that CK had a good point, is that, you know, the, the college and NFL style of football, they're starting to look more and more like each other every day. So the fact Guys that are coming people, out earlier. Right. That's another thing is – and keep going. Sorry sorry to interrupt. Keep going. Well, yeah, no, I mean, that, that was pretty much it. Is this, you know, the, the type of – I mean, we all know that uh, David Tepper is big on analytics and, um, you know, now uh, Matt Rule has said he wanted to have – a lot of sports science stuff invested into the Carolina Panthers, which I love that. That means healthier players, better strength and conditioning program. Um, there's just a lot of benefits that comes along with Matt Rule, the coach, that 
is independent of him just being a college football coach. The chat room is bringing a strong Ross Gould with a $5 super chat. The knock college coaches, uh, the knock on college coaches is they can't always have superior talent in the NFL. Rule one with inferior talent. Not a typical college coach. Not right. like Nick Saban who is playing, mm-hmm. you know, boys with a bunch of men out there. He He's ranked number one in his draft class every year. Eight out of the last nine years. Right? Isn't Ooh, that what Saban? that article said? Isn't that what that Saban? article said? Yeah Saban, yeah, Saban gets to play. He gets to go play monster trucks with other people who are playing matchbox cars. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's yeah. it. All right. I want to put my position out here. Is Do last I, week you heard me get a little gushy about Mike McCarthy. Yep. Right? And I, I like this long. idea that he was studying. He was trying to be all thoughtful. But really what I liked the most was his previous experience. And that is as a head coach. Yep. And uh, and it's not even just being a successful head coach. It's just having leadership qualities. So while we speak about the weaknesses potentially of a college coach coming to the NFL, those those are true, right? Is that it's, it's, it's a different ball game. There's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be some adjustments that he's going to have to make. But what we fail to realize is that while that is a weakness on one hand, if we look at these other people like the Stefanski guy from Vikings or Bienemy from Kansas City or if you want to say Salah from the 49ers, there's also a risk on that side. While they have professional experience and they have been involved in professional football, they haven't necessarily been in management roles or at least the top of the food chain the CEO, the director of the team, being able to see the big picture or being the leader of the big picture. And so I think that while there might be weaknesses potentially or that there's a strength that comes with a guy who is able to orchestrate long, like continuous success from Temple to Baylor and now to Carolina, I got to tell you guys is that I think I'm a little swept up in the moment. I will say that is that I'm all roses. Like I'm in love with this moment, but I think this is the name other than maybe Lincoln Riley, just because my personal affiliation, you know, of affinity for him. This name is more exciting to me or more intriguing. It has a higher ceiling to me than a guy like the Stefanski Josh McDaniels, I love this move right here because it seems like when Tepper dropped the seven-year contract, he said, I believe you got what it takes. I see this talent in you. You're going to come here, and we're going to do great things together. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, if you listen to all the David Tepper interviews and what you said up up until this point about what kind of player – that, or what kind of coach, rather, that he's looking for. Um, someone that's old-school football, but is also, you know, uh, wanting to do and implement these new innovative processes into the football team. I mean, really, I, I've, I cannot think of a better of a better coach than, than Matt Rule. And I know people have been, uh, you know, kind of, well, if we hire an offensive guy, then maybe that means he doesn't quite know 
how to uh, field the best defense, and maybe he doesn't quite know uh, the best defensive coordinators to put in place, or vice versa if it's a defensive coach. But I think Matt Rule, having such a versatile background from coaching linebackers to quarterbacks, I mean, this guy can give advice to Luke Kickley and Cam Newton on the same day, and it could help them. You know what I, I mean? Think like, how many times, Cody, on this uh, podcast have I said that being a coach is is like is part being a great teacher, right? Mm-hmm. And that that was of my course. concern with Ron Rivera and some of these guys, particularly after the Super Bowl. But I heard Ron Rivera say things like this. We've taught these guys that they've learned, they know, you know, like he just presupposes that like that he, well, I, I showed them this so they should know it. And as a teacher or someone who's in a classroom all day long with people who are very smart and intelligent, but also have human tendencies, I know that there is a art to teaching, to getting people yeah engaged to getting people not to just recognize things but to understand things and that is where i'm so excited about this is i think that when you listen to matt rule he's got an he's he's got a commanding personality he seems to be about all in on football but he if you hear him talk i just want to encourage everybody and i want to give a shout out to pat coltrane because that's how i wrote across this this video there is a video online of of matt rule giving a talk at one of it's like a you know at a church at a men's christian conference you know we've all been to these type of events where it's like men talking about how to be men in this era or whatever and the name of this topic was man up and he comes in there and he talks about you know his relationship with christ and you know i mean he's a preacher's son and all of this but look, he was a preacher, a teacher, a man, all in this moment. And you know, I was ready to run through a damn wall for the dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is definitely a, g- a great motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. Which I think that, you know, I think Ron had the ability behind closed doors to do that. But I don't think that, you know, I, this this guy, I think, has such incredible principles that uh, you, I, you've, I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I've never heard a a single person speak out negatively about him. And not that I heard. About no, Ron that's like what, that. uh, that's what Chris Hummer was saying. And another thing I do want to mention too, when it comes to when you said CK about how the college game is meeting the pros. Now there is then this attitude that college coaches don't know how to relate to professional players because they're adults. They make all this money. I think that's right with, so with a few, um, I, I I don't see Matt Rule being a part of that. You know, I think he's probably the the exception to that, that rule. But I would say absolutely that is going to be the case with um, uh, not who not Lincoln Riley, but the other one who's uh, who's been out of work for about a year has controversy. I always I, I forget, I forgot his name, but um, yeah, that just rules with an iron fist doesn't have respect for anybody or whatnot. But the continue talking my apologies. Well, well, my thing, though, about that idea is two things. Is Number one is that the players are getting younger in the NFL. We know, look, I mean, you can see from the lesson, look, there's lesson practice time in the pros. 
There's less impress, pre, lessened practice time in college football. And there's less hitting. There's less pads, right? And so you hear pros all the time talking about, well, the reason people don't know how to tackle in the pros is because they didn't learn in college. So I think this is that being a teacher at the NFL level is actually becoming more important, not less important. Mm-hmm. And I think that his ability to understand how young people think and what motivates them, uh, as well as being able to, like Cody said, speak to a Luke Keekley or like Chris Hummer also said during our interview, and speak of these guys in an intelligible, in a thoughtful way. And look, when you come into my classroom, look, the kids fucking hate the subject, right? We're talking American history. We're talking... You know, going back to the Renaissance and how the Renaissance started the foundation for this. And there is a way to bring energy, convey excitement, authenticity that people start to want to believe. And I think that Matt Rule can bring that trait. And Cody, I'm going to turn the mic, or Greg, I'll turn the mic. Who's got the mic next? Who wants the mic? I want to make one point. I I want to make one point uh, after you're finished, Tony. My, and I was going to say, my last point, yes, comes back to this, is that I think there's a very high ceiling on on, uh, Matt Rule. I I don't know what the floor is. I mean, gosh, obviously could be getting fired. But I don't, I was not convinced. I'm sorry. I just was not convinced about Eric Bieniemy and Stefanski. I get worried. I fell in love with who was the former quarterbacks coach, Cody, from Eagles who went to Minnesota and then is in Jacksonville as offensive coordinator. We were in love with him a year and a half ago. Yeah, I, I, I know who you're – We don't. We can't even remember his name. No, it wasn't – but this is this is kind of my question, and really, like all of us had that candidate, that guy that we weren't really that sold on. But did any of these guys have enough background to one hundred percent sell you on anything? No. So, for no. example, that's yeah. why I think I like this one. Well, well, here's the thing: okay. all of them are coordinators, right? But uh, the point that I wanted to make was, let's take Matt Rule out of the equation, right? The next person on that list was going to be Josh McDaniels, right? Even the Giants had him on the short list as well. They even hired the wide receivers coach instead of Josh McDaniels. What the hell? Gettleman. Gettleman is like a fucking crazy man right now, dude. Well, they made a panic move is what happened once we stole their guy away. But but they had McDaniels on on. A list of a short list of people that were going to be hired. Possibly, they hadn't the even job. interviewed him yet. I how know, do you not the, even? I, look, but I, here's the good. Here's sorry, my what I was okay. going to say is here's the point that I wanted to make with Josh McDaniels. Does that not mean that he is planning on staying in New England? I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, the the truth of the matter is, yes, this is a special team coach and a wide receiver coach, but the reality of the situation the worst part of the new england patriots team this year was the wide receiving core guaranteed no questions yes, asked. yes i don't even understand part. it uh also demetrius miller on youtube says it was d filippo 
And that's exactly who yeah. it was. Remember, yeah. Yeah. we were all yeah. in love with Filippo, and guess what? Yeah. He didn't know how to do shit. But you're exactly right. Cody said it's a panic move. CK, it's strange. Not only were the uh, the receivers the problem, but you know, I, I mean, I guess I, my love changed from week to week of who I wanted. I had this other idea of Casario and McDaniel's coming together. But over the last two weeks, that offense has looked so bad. I'm like, gosh, I don't even know if yeah. I want McDaniels anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and even Stefanski's not. I mean, they're they're putting things together to some degree, but they haven't been a powerhouse. They just they're really benefiting from great offensive line play and a great running back in Dalvin Cook, and then having two number one wide wide receivers in Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. And then a really great tight end. I mean, but you they take just got the- Thielen back, and if you look at yeah. look look at what's his name, the tight end's numbers, he hadn't been Rudolph. He's been terrible all year. I had him in fantasy. Well, uh, yeah, he may not be putting up those numbers, but he is still one of the better tight ends in the league. They haven't you know, had so- a Rams offense from twenty sixteen or whatever it was twenty seventeen. But here's the deal, and I said this online on Twitter too. Like even with Kevin Stefanski, look at the difference of of the plays that he would be able to call with Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey than, you know, he has. And I'm not saying that Minnesota doesn't have a good roster, but, I mean, really, like, you're talking about uh, uh, being limited with the with the type of quarterback play. Uh, a lot of different things kind of go into that to that factor. And I wanted to um, Panther Coon on our uh, – in our YouTube chat, and I've seen this floating around Twitter. People are using this to bash on uh, Matt Rule. This is a quote from Matt Rule talking about Will Greer. I'm assuming this is some point when Will Greer was still at West Virginia. Matt Rule said of Will, Will is as pro-ready as anyone I've ever seen. No one made mm. more calls on the line than him. There Reminded me of Baker Mayfield the year before. <laughs> there right, you go. Hold on. So, again, <laughs> it goes into that. What, what, what do you expect? So, especially if you're preparing to play that football team. Not like, yeah. What, what do you – expect a coach to say in my mind this isn't an endorsement of him saying oh will greer is the best quarterback that yeah he's like seen. he's not better than cam newton it just means that will greer was a good college quarterback this reminds me of when you guys gave me shit about ty bolt remember where you guys gave me shit first of all i know everybody's gonna call in and give me shit about the time bowls coming but you remember when ty bowles was on the conference call and he was like Kyle Allen's more hard, is harder to prepare for. Well, because there's no tape, and that's just the shit I think you say. Right. right. People just, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I want to bring up, before we get too far away from this point, where Cody was talking about um, the Giants making a panic move because we stole their guy. Right. Now, I yeah, want to... Yeah, let's talk about this. It's a good topic. Put, put this in perspective. We interviewed McCarthy twice. Yep. The Cowboys signed him yesterday. And today we sign uh, rule. How can I mean? Can't you really say the Panthers maybe made a panic move in the same way? No, no, because I feel that if we, if we wanted McCarthy, I feel that he would have done exactly what he did with Matt Rule and not let him leave the building. I mean, that's David Tepper's mo. Okay. Is there any concern ball. with the if Rooney reel about this him. stuff? Is there any no, concern when it not. comes to? We're gonna well, we're gonna interview F- Fuel tomorrow after we've already hired someone and say he's our minority candidate. They're interviewing well, I, Fuel tomorrow. Well, that was what the initial report was was Monday. Oh, this was to, the schedule that Josh Josh McDaniels was scheduled to interview with us today. 
and yeah. they said, "Hold our beer, we're hiring Matt Rule." And yeah, then what the same thing happened with the Giants. But my well, question is, already, is how, how do we? How? Go ahead. We already interviewed Eric Bieniemy. So. Oh was, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, That's how. Eric off of that list. And by the way, Perry Fuel, like. None of us were ever under. No, no, that's what you. But I thought we thought it was a Rooney Rule thing. We thought it was a Rooney Rule thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I would have been happy with Eric, but I understand. Listen, there were there were real, legitimate criticisms about every one of these dudes. And I agree. It, I agree. Even mentioned Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has never won a championship in the NFL or college. So, no, but he's been oh, damn close in yeah, NFL. That, he's in pretty good teams. Yes, yeah, so, so is Rivera. So right. is yeah, Rivera, had, Rivera had one good team. It leads to the point that <laughs> all of these coaches have some kind of flaw that if you choose to put under a microscope, will turn you on, on any one of them and, and cause you to think that they're not the, the guy for the job. You, you're, Can you're I absolutely see this- right, man. Uh, this, real quick, CK, yeah. you're absolutely right, Cody. Uh, like that, that's 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 a good point. But when you look at a healthy Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey, that right. should be any 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 coach's wet dream right there. Because if, yeah. if you you can say what you want to about Cam Newton, but he's shown that he has the potential to be this in his best season, his MVP season. He could he, you could put that up against what I would consider probably the best quarterback ever, Tom Brady. Uh, the, the you know his best season. And they're, I mean, you might want to take Cam Newton's over that. I mean, they have the same amount of touchdowns, uh, you know, 16-0, 15-1, probably two of the greatest seasons ever constructed by a quarterback. I mean, this guy with Christian McCaffrey, that that's a wet dream for any kind of coach. And I just, you know, like I said, for me, I'm not, I'm not mad about rule. I'm just not excited about it yet. Let Who me, would you have preferred to have? Harbaugh. That, that was okay. who I wanted to go out. That's well, it. Well, can That's I, it. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I know that. So I'm going to pass it to CK, but let me just throw this out there before uh, before it goes. So that way, maybe I can try and excite you about this a little more. All the, all the rumors were is that it was going to take a lot and a very special kind of situation to lure Matt Rule away from Baylor. So maybe what you're saying is true. Maybe Matt Rule says, damn, I get to have cam newton and christian mccaffrey and dj moore and curtis samuel maybe this is an endorsement of everything that we've been saying that maybe he does see what kind of talent is on this football team and matt rule is betting on himself to be able to make the most out of it i can live with that okay so two points Uh, you brought up 2015 and this kind of triggered something in my brain who were our wide receivers in 2015 Ted Ginn and Philly Brown. And Jericho Cotter. Jericho, Jericho Cotter. Yeah. And Devin Funches. That- salad boy. Devin Funches. Right. Yeah. Like no croutons. Which, which is what uh-huh. I say you can compare that to Tom Brady's best season where he had uh, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, and uh, Randy Moss. You can't. Oh, I was I'm saying. I was like, I'm sorry. I was barely listening. I was like, what? What does that even mean? Here's here's why Matt Rule should excite you, because that season was exactly what Matt Rule would have is wants to run his his team to look like. We had nobody on offense, and what I mean by that, we had speedsters, we had athletic players that were able to get 
where they needed to be. Mm-hmm. And he was able to coach, you know, we, we had people that were able to coach them up to be, you know, to basically be just what we need them to be in the moments that we needed them to be. Um, so, I mean, there is some positivity to take from that. If you want to look at the blueprint of what Matt rule wants, it's 2015. Cam if Newton. you tell and me Matt this motherfucker wants Colin Jones, I'm changing my mind. Uh, hey, real quick, it felt so good to see Ted Ginn miss that deep ball the other day in the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? How is he caught? How is this asshole caught everything since he left Carolina? He had all it was all fucking thumbs for real. But, but here's here's the thing I wanted to say: this past season, everybody had their hopes up so high. I think you know, and I, at least myself. Every year, though, we do every but, year. I, I will tell you this. I agree, but I, last year was different. Like, I went into last year expecting so many things. I expected yeah. Ron Rivera to turn the defense around because he had this hybrid type D. De- if there is anything that has prepared us for a new head coach, it was last season. Yeah. You know, and what I mean by that, we had such high expectations. We're going to naturally come into this whole ordeal with a, a, a very healthy uh, skepticism. You know, and that's okay. And I think that's going to allow us to actually learn and, and, and listen to what he's saying rather than just let the propaganda of what the Carolina Panthers push out believe make us believe certain things. But I think that's well, good for our psyche moving forward. And some softer things too that are that people haven't been talking about. You know, I haven't heard him speak a ton about football just yet. And we will over the next couple of years. But so I've already hit at least right seven. Yeah. The, uh, his first interview is um, tomorrow with the media at two at two p.m. at the Panthers bubble. So we will hear from I, him tomorrow. Okay. I've yeah, heard him. I've there. heard him mention the three-four defense though a couple of times, and so that's interesting to me too because we're trying to build around a part like that. So I think potentially we don't have to work. You know that that might be something that he's not only familiar with, but willing to embrace. So I'm excited about that. And uh, all right, keep going, guys. Well, what's going to excite me about this guy is going to be who he hires for his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Oh, we'll all right. Well, actually, here, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. The number's 252-228-5098. And we're about to get to the cat calls line. But you brought it up, so we got to talk about it, Cody. The stat that he said he's interested in who he's bringing in at offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, it sounds like a mystery, but I think we can tell him. Do it. Yeah, we absolutely can tell him. So, I mean, again, this has not been set in stone. This is not officially, um, you know, this is not a done deal. This is just what. This is also what kept him from getting the Jets job, supposedly. Right, so apparently everyone uh, is already linking the defensive coordinator from Baylor, Phil Snow, uh, to come here to Carolina. So we're and, taking two college coaches from the we're, same we're, team. We're, we're, we're taking two. Now, it is a, a bit of a different situation because, as our guest said, Phil Snow really kind of informed the way Matt Rule kind of built his coaching method, have you. Um and then the he spent three years with the Detroit Lions as a yeah. linebacker coach. And then uh, the Lions quarterback coach, Sean Ryan, is being linked to the uh, offensive coordinator okay. position. I can, I can live with that. 
I can live with that one. Here's what I have a problem with with the with the defensive one. Not not knocking this guy because I don't know nothing about him. He may be a great coach, but from what it sounds like, it sounds like he's bringing him in as kind of a, hey, you've been a good guy to me, you've been a friend to me type deal. That's the same thing we got mad at Ron Rivera for for not putting the right people in the right positions because he always wanted to take care of the guys he liked. You so, know, he's been, but, but this is a different, there's a sm- slight difference, though, well, is yeah, that Phil Snow, he brought with him from Temple to Baylor. Like, these guys are a couple. Success not only these guys. Not only are they just friends, but they're a couple. And on top of that, the Baylor defense this year was better than the Baylor offense. I, think I don't think we can hear Greg anymore. Greg, say something. <laughs> no, nope, we can't hear you no more. Uh, yeah. He got kicked I was, out for his death. <laughs> what I was going to say is I was going to say, uh, with with that coupling, that indicates to me that those two believe in one another. Continuity, uh, that, baby. Continuity. Yeah. How about Lock that? Step. If you're gonna, if, yeah. yeah, there he is. I if you're going to follow a guy – from one program to another, you know, you, coming from Temple to Baylor, like they said, you know, like our, our guest said, that was a, a, a possible career-ending move, and to bring somebody with you and them trust you to do that, tell me, I mean, that, like, if I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm to following the a worst guy like that, fucking place in the world at the time, yeah. going to Baylor, hey, I, used, I used to live in Waco, so yeah. So yeah. well, there you go. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it, to see that to to have a guy like that in your back pocket who's got that trust in you, I don't think that I think that's an asset. I don't think it necessarily follows the same rhythm of of Ron Rivera because his hires. I don't think he necessarily brought in. And forgive me, I, it, my memory may fail me with this. I don't think he brought somebody who had been with him forever. I feel like he, like you said, Greg, he hired people that he knew, but not people that had followed him. Okay. And Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Bigger power couple, Matt Rule and this Snow guy, or Chip and Joanna Gaines? Did that fall? That. Did that yeah. joke fall flat on you guys? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of. I don't know who they you are. don't know who. Ch- all right. So, so first of all, Chip and Joanna Gaines are these home flippers, remodeler oh, people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they talking. live in Waco, Texas. Oh, okay. I don't yeah, yeah. Like that shit. I would have never yeah, picked up Gaines, on that. The um, they call uh, flip or uh, this old house that those that couple. Well, not this old house. That was right. some, that was like in the eighties when we watched that shit on PBS. But Fixer Upper is the name of the show. <laughs> Fixer Upper, that's it. That's it. But they are. I would tell you this: is I bet you they are a bigger fucking power couple than anybody. In that they made a multi bill. They're fucking running in the money right now. But okay, you know what the biggest power couple is, don't you? Is, what uh, this quadruple? Jerry and McCarthy. No, Bill Belichick and uh, Robert Kraft, man. No, that's the, that's the biggest power couple there is. M- McCarthy Jer- and Jerry sleeping together, guys. Well, that just started. You, you got to give them a little time to <laughs> hey, make a baby or something. Yeah. Hey, oh wait, so, I'm, um, power bottom. My bad. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I did. Uh, I did want to mention something real quick, and for for Greg and for anyone in our chat that's uh, interested in kind of learning more about Phil Snow and the defenses that he does implement, I just posted a link in our chat. And it really goes in depth uh, as to 
how Baylor liked to attack um, different sets and different looks. Um, a lot of it goes back to or from the time at Temple and, and, and what they did and how they were successful there. And one of the things that I did want to differentiate, Greg, with what you were saying about Ron Rivera is that the difference between Ron Rivera, and that's something else we need to talk about too, Ron Rivera just drug away a ton of dead weight from this organization. But I'll, we'll talk thank about that Thank Jesus. Yeah, thank God, dude. But uh, the difference between Rivera and Rule is all the guys that Rule is bringing with him have been a part of this um, building up these dumpster fire football teams in Temple and Baylor into legitimate contenders. So again, you know, it's college to pro. I know that's the that's the criticism here, but um, I think when you look at the X's and O's and just look at the stuff uh, that they want to do, he honestly reminds me a little bit of what Brent Venables does for Clemson. A lot of disguise, a lot of three down linemen, uh, a lot of different looks, a lot of emphasis on the free safety in the system, which I think is incredibly important. Uh, and the Carolina Panthers have not had a true free safety in, what, forever, you know, uh, outside of Trey Boston, who, you know, that's not saying a ton if Trey Boston has been the best free safety that you've had in a long time. So maybe that also means that we're going to emphasize positions that haven't been emphasized here on the Panthers for a while. All right, let me uh, try to redeem myself with that joke. All right, here Uh-oh. it goes. All right. What you if, what if uh, Mr. Snow said this to you guys? Would you believe him? I put my trust in you, a stranger, because I knew it was the best chance for my people, for all our people. Now I'm asking you to trust in a stranger because it's our best chance. I don't know where it's you should from. know that one. You should know that one. From. That is Jon Snow from uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, with the wild. Oh, <laughs> oh you guys, you don't know your fucking fixer uppers. You don't know your fucking. God God, I just like, called it God of Thrones. Dude. Game of Thrones. All right, guys, we got, all right. there's so much show to get into, guys. We got to get to the cat calls for a little while. Oh my we got to sneak yeah. some calls in. Hey, Number 252-228. Everybody go take a leak. 228-5098. Everybody go. It's, there's a lot of calls we got to get through. A lot of people, a lot of things to say. I'm only playing the calls from today and Rich Kingston's call. Rich Kingston call before the hire is the only one I'm playing from before today so let's jump into the cat calls line we want you to be a part of the show we've got our ear to the ground when it comes to panther nation we want to know what you have to say about matt rule as the new carolina panthers head coach numbers 252-228-5098 smash the thumbs up button subscribe to the show come on guys give a little support to the longest running panthers podcast out there and tell a friend about the show we're trying to grow we're trying to grow panther nation and just remember just like Carolina does, the C3 Panthers podcast rules. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like and a three and a four and a- Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? 
What's up, guys? Kyle from VA. Um, just woke up and got the news that uh, Matt Rule is in as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm not disappointed at all with the with the decision. I'm not. I was just a little probably Can too emotionally attached to the idea of Eric no, being it's the about head the- coach, but. Definitely, I'm not mad. I think it's a good hiring, and David Tepper, I mean, he's a smart man, and he must have seen, uh, Matt Rule must have told him something that David Tepper really wanted to hear because he didn't let him leave the facility before he gave him the job. Um, just hopefully Matt Rule just remembers who Cam Newton is and doesn't try to give up and move on from Cam Newton. So I, I, I really think with a healthy Cam Newton, no matter who's calling plays for this offense, with the pieces we have now, man, this offense is going to be explosive no matter who. Well, unless it's fucking who we've had. Man, we, we, we really could be really nasty next year. I mean, we have a chance to do that. Um, just wondering y'all's opinions on um, Matt Rule and what do y'all think about the hiring? Cody, I'll ask you, you this know, on this call right here. I was to hire as the assistant GM, and I I want Wade Phillips to come to Carolina, but we do, but he's not. He's not. Remember, you gotta listen. Thanks for the call, man. And you really did just wake up and call the show. My man was still laying in bed, sleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cody, I'll ask you this, is that, is, what do you think about this idea that if we can just get somebody to play the call call the plays, I don't think it's that, is I think we need, I don't know what we need, but we needed something different. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it's important that we have someone that can call the right plays and do the right things, but I, I think really they just have to be able to execute Matt Rule's vision. And I think one that's of the it. That the word vision. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we keep on coming back to is that Matt Rule was a very well-rounded head coach. This is a guy that has coached both offense and defense, and he knows how to adapt, and he knows how to change, and he knows how to put the right people in the right positions to be successful. So I I imagine Matt Rule going through the roster, um, looking at the kind of talent we have and really trying to put the right coaches on this team that are going to know how to utilize the vision of uh, how the Carolina Panthers are going to play football. And I think it all begins and ends with Matt Rule. And whoever uh, does end up being the offensive and defensive coordinator, they're just going to be an extension of Matt Rule. And And that's what we want. That's what we kind of want is a vision and more of a continuity, not just the style. Yes, 100%. Christina Aguera says this, the $80 bazillion question is, will Cam Newton be healthy next year? That shows you what inflation is like this, folks, because my dad used to always say the $54,000 question. So we are up from $54,000. To 80 bazillion. And after we just fired, after we got in a war with Iran today, uh, that's going to be even higher. But go ahead. 
Great. before you move on, man, explain to me the difference between vision and style. All right. So I think that Ron Rivera wants to play a defensive style, right? A okay. game that tries to mitigate the clock, that tries to mitigate the opposing offense, and tries to use, like Cody was saying earlier, the offense to supplement the defense. Okay, so that's a vision? No, that's a style. What What I think a vision is, I think a vision is, is saying that, like what Cody was kind of implying, I think, when it comes to like his coordinators almost doing his will. Here's a Christian reference to you, all right? You guys already got pissed at me because I wrote read a John Snow quote, but here's a, so the Trinity the Trinity in Christianity tries to solve the problem of three entities in a religion, but being monotheistic, right? Is so Christians right. claim to be monotheistic, which we are, and the Trinity is what solves the problem. We got Jesus here. You got the the uh, Holy Spirit here, you got God, the Father here, how can they work in lockstep? So in in Christian reference, what they always said was, like, Jesus doesn't go and ask God for advice. He just tells. He has authority. And so what I almost think is, is like, and I think this is what Cody was saying, is that these coordinators are extension of him. They don't make him. And And the last point is this. And I'll turn the mic over. A couple of people on this podcast have pointed out how this def- how this team got worse when we lost Sean McDermott. Okay. Yes. What I think the difference between style and vision is is that if we lose Phil Snow or if we lose whoever else, the vision's still there. That's my idea of what the difference okay. is. Well said. I, I well, like the way you ended that. Well said. Okay. Good deal. That makes sense now. So if if you kind of want to know what I meant by it when I said it was basically, you know, I think Matt Rule is going to do an up and down of this roster. He's going to identify what we're able to do well, what we have the personnel to be able to run effectively, where are is our strengths, where are our weaknesses. And I think he's going to put together a game plan for what kind of offense and what kind of defense He's going to run. Then, then once he knows those things, which, I mean, I think he already does, he is going to try and hire the guys that are going to be able to execute on those specific tendencies on the offense and the defense. So that's kind of what I meant. Um, And, you know, I I think Tony and I were talking about this before the show. You know, he's not some guru – of the offense in the way that Lincoln Riley is, or in a way that, um, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh is to, a, a, you know, special teams or Belichick is to a defense. Uh, he is a, a well-rounded uh, coach that, like I said, so much of his strength is being able to identify leadership abilities and the strengths and others to be able to put them in position of power to be able to, you know, coach the team and do things the right way. And that's part of, yeah, and that's part yeah. of the reason why David Tepper, I yeah. feel, fell in love with him. Because okay. he is the type of uh, coach that for the next 
however many years, is going to build and build and continuously build up the culture of the Carolina Panthers and what we do. Okay. One of the things I would like, I'd like to celebrate (laughs) some people in the chat room, Um, Christina Aguera, as well as Sarah Taylor are just shining examples of this. When I got involved in doing this podcast and Twitter, I was never a person that didn't think that women didn't understand sports. I didn't ever, I'm not a, chauvinist like necessarily or at all really is actually I think my wife knows a lot more shit than I do half the time or more than half the time but the point that I'm trying to make is this is as I've run this show and this podcast and the Twitter account is that I really believe that there are I just know I don't believe I know there are some super super smart women when it comes to football and these two jokes these two jokes I didn't mean jokes these two comments Ben, I'll talk about my jokes earlier. Uh, These two comments, again, reinforce that. Look, Christina Aguera says this. It's a more, um, it's a less of a religious analogy. But she says, it's like an egg, a shell, and a yolk. The white of the egg, they all work together. It's not an egg if you're missing a part. And Sarah Taylor says this. Vision equals plan. Style equals way. And Ooh, that, I think that, that, that sounds like a Confucius. Question. I know, I know. I'm sitting here like <laughs> that shit is going up on the fucking locker room. Yeah. Shout out to Sarah yeah. Taylor. Oh, yeah, that's my own girl, man. Yeah. She, guys, she knows these, what she's doing. These girls, yeah. these girls are bringing it. All right, let's jump yeah. to the next call. Hey, afternoon, guys. The whole thing says here. I talked to you a couple of guys on the Twitter. Been on the show beforehand. Uh, yeah, interesting to see what you guys got to say about Matt Rule. They're doing a little but bit of research inside. We don't know too much about him, but they get that he's a well-rounded coach, coach many different uh, positions, and that uh, he's a player coach. I don't think we need much. And even though we got a lot of holes that we need to fill in, I know that I do understand that he turned two programs around, which is Temple and uh, Baylor. I don't think we need too much turning around, but I'm I'm interested to see how much he's going to try to change the culture over here. I know we already got like set, you know, things that we got going on and stuff like that. So, want to see how him and Cam, what his what what he thinks about Cam and everything like that. Also, thoughts on like now where we will go, what direction we will go with the first overall play. Still thinks we will go best player available but um yeah so look forward to hearing from you guys again thank you man thank you for the show and everything uh, no, man. And always. i will hope so thanks uh, for the call i think that's the guy that you we've talked you've talked with him on twitter several times cody can you replay the first just the first part of it just right yeah i'll play it i don't think he says the name hey afternoon guys the totally says here i talked to you a couple of guys on the twitter yeah, I, I couldn't hear. Any thoughts on the call? We're all worried yeah, about I, his name so much we can't even remember the call. Yeah, well, I want I want to make sure that we uh, shout out the shout out. Yeah, if you want to step, say your name, make sure you say it clearly when uh when you leave your message. Um, listen, I kind of feel like we're all in this unknown area, and listen, all of the hesitations that Greg has are legitimate. I mean. Uh, that a lot of these uh, criticisms of 
uh, Matt Rule are legitimate just because he hasn't proven anything yet. And until he does prove that he is worth this hire and he's worth the money that he's going to be making, then, yeah, I mean, he really does have uh, a lot to prove. But I think the money is nothing, though. I want to. I want to put this money I mean, not really, no. to complete well, rest. Caps, so I don't care. Yeah. And right, and on David Pepper, it doesn't it's just matter. coming out of his pocket. So this yeah. seven years. First of all, I think that's if anything, this has less to do with Tepper and more to do with Matt Rule. And what I mean by that is that Tepper, the sixty million dollar look, the dude bulldozed his fucking former boss's mansion and built <laughs> a fucking bigger mansion on top of it. Yeah. Just Google the Revenge Mansion. You'll see it. The boss move. Sixty million dollars in the overall scheme of an eleven billionaire. And I love to say that an eleven billionaire. He's probably a twelve billionaire by now. It's like fucking what we drop in the in the Salvation Army bucket when we also, walk. Also. Keep in mind that Homeboy just spent three hundred and fifty million on MLS team for Charlotte. Yeah. So which and seems see, ridiculous if you ask me. Well and see that that's why I get also so is soccer. To... Sorry. Our oh, I'm about to be a big European soccer fan. Face. I'm about to be a big soccer fan. But see that's why I get upset when people get 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 like uh defend athletes about money and stuff like that, like a penalty, this and that. Like, dude, seriously, you can take me outside right now. And tear my ACL, break my nose, and take a baseball to my bat or baseball bat to my back. If you're mm-hmm. going to give me forty million dollars, like you can do all that, I don't care. I don't care. Well, but most players play don't play get forty million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that. that's the exception. That's yeah, like Cam like, Newton. Like, you do it for eight million dollars. Give me eight million dollars right now. You can go outside and break. Well, my Well, right, my most ACL, of us would be like on. that for like eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I'm pretty sure half of us would be like that for like twenty five thousand dollars. Right. Exactly. Would you pay for the rehab, motherfucker? All right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so All so right. let, let's put it in perspective here. Trey Boston got $3 million last year. What's after taxes, let's say he gets 1.5. Oh, right? there's no got, way. Way more than that. 30% no. max. 30%. No, no, way more. No, no when you hit over that, that type, yeah, guarantee. When you hit over a max, yeah. I bet you're paying 50%. Yeah, you're you're, really? you're paying a okay. lot cuz you have that, you have that. Well, not, you maybe have uh, some write-offs. More write-offs, yeah, but it's yeah, not a bit, but yeah, there's loopholes. All right, let's say so. let's say he paid 35% in taxes. I'd say that's well, probably bad. Let's, that's about what I pay. Let's say he sees yeah. Let's just say he sees one point eight million. Okay. Okay. Let's 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 meet in the middle there. One point eight million. If he got fined one hundred thousand dollars for his hits, that's one point seven. Yeah, that's only like, but still, that is almost ten percent of his income. Like, well, okay, but, but that, that's a self-inflicted wound. Most yeah, of the time, that, you know. Well, like, actually, it's time. like saying going to work. That's a. You know what? It's not a self-inflicted wound. That's kind of like. No, you're, you might as well be a sweatshop owner in the ni- early 1900s. Like the triangle. You remember when they, like, cats, those girls, they'd be sew- sewing the shirts and they break a needle, they take it out of their check. They 
cut themselves on the job. They take it and they bleed on a shirt. They take no, it out of the check. Nah, man, he got fired. No, he went you, to work and got in trouble financially. No, what you're what, what you're saying is if he goes to work and he breaks his helmet, they charge him for it. That's different than if he goes to work and he makes an illegal hit and he gets charged for it. That's two different things, you know? Like, if you break your helmet while you're playing and they charge you for it, they're dickheads. If they go out there and you have a rules established, and sometimes the rules are very gray and it is difficult to determine, you go out there and make an illegal hit like, uh, what's his name did the other day on uh, uh, Carson Wentz? You know, oh, uh, that didn't, yeah. didn't get called. Nah, these plays are going 100,000 miles. In, no, no, I we're moving you, on from it, this it, conversation. It's a hazard mm. you take in the job. You know what? Uh, if you're going to guarantee me $1.8 million, but I'm going to get taxed what, three, 3% of that or, or $3.3 million of that, 300000 I'll take it. I'll what if they dinged you like, for packages cool, stole? What if they dinged you for packages stole? Oh, they definitely would ding me for packages stole by firing me. I, I agree with that. But but that, that's that's the that's the deal right there is I'm sure that if a lot they of They would not like fire that, you if people on your route stole packages. Oh, if I had enough complaints, oh, I'm sure they would. Well, actually, we got a really strong union, so I doubt it. But, um, Way nah, to dude. go. But, 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 but what I'm saying, yeah. Union job. Greg's going to go postal on this show. Don't go postal on this show. <laughs> Actually, do it here. Do it here. It'd be virtual. Yeah. yeah. Virtually postal. <laughs> no, I, you know, my, my thing is, man, like, I, I get it. There are some times where you're right. It's, a, it's 100 miles an hour. You know, you, you look at different things. But, you know, a, sometimes a lot of plays that you get uh, fined for are self-inflicted. You know, uh, hits after the whistle. You know, illegal hits that you know you're doing something wrong. Stuff like that. So... For the, for the vast majority, that's stuff you bring in yourself. You know, you don't see guys like Larry Fitzgerald and, and people like that getting fined for stuff because they don't do bad stuff. You know, now some people need that competitive edge, and I get it. If you can get away with it, then maybe it's the best thing for you to do. But whatever, man. I, yeah. It, most penalties, as far as finances go, I don't care about the players. They're making plenty of money, dude. Like, come on. To play, oh, to but play so is the game. fucking NFL. But all right, I do want to bring this up because I heard a recent male joke, so I do want to drop it here <laughs> since yeah, I'm, I'm Mr. Jokester. It's not a joke; it's more of a story. And that is, uh, they asked this male guy, "Why the hell uh, people go postal? Like, why are you guys so <laughs> fucking upset?" And he said, "Because it just keeps coming." It does. It never stops. <laughs> and you know what? It never when stops. When he told me that, I thought stops. about like laundry at my house. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, That's it's exactly just like, I can is. never yeah. fucking get ahead of it. <laughs> yeah. Ever, it ever. Never, I just did stopped. seven yeah. loads today. Oh, <laughs> right. look, there's two more. Okay. Right. Let's go on to the next call, guys. And can you cover me, Cody? Yeah. Yes, you can. Hi, Mike. You're this awesome. I'm so fucking pissed off about this fucking coaching matter. G baby, you already know who this is. This is G baby. I'm pissed the fuck off. Oh, it's what, Mac. What this guy to be a head coach in the NFL? Okay. Right. Turn around, pimple and Baylor. I mean, goddamn, do you want to fucking cookie for that shit? This guy feels like I do, just a little more aggressive. Do you want to cook? Don't do it, Big Twelve. We don't play defense. I do want now a cookie, by the way. He's going to bring in his, his defensive hoard, head coordinator from Baylor, and then I find out this dude is finally finalizing a six- to seven-year deal worth 70 to $80 million. Are you fucking kidding me? 
This is what, I'm right there with this, this guy. I, I am. I'm with, without the f bombs. I'm right the there with analytics, him. This, this makes sense. <laughs> you have Eric Benemy pouring his heart out. Now he's I agree. Coach for the Carolina Panthers, and he wants to coach Cam Newton. Preach, brother. And then you go off and you sign a dude in college that has no NFL experience. I'd rather hire Nick Daniels or fucking uh, or or McCarthy, dude. I didn't want McCarthy yeah, instead, I'll, I'll but, Marvin Lewis. but you want I would take Marvin Lewis. Rule? I mean, if you're gonna go to college, yeah. you can at least get an early nah. or the dude from Michigan. But you want to go to Matt Rule, <laughs> bro? This dude, this dude will be out by week. Eight. No way. Top, no way. Five. No. Nah, it's actually a little years at least. He's, yeah. Shit, shit. It's 2015, dude. This is, I, I, I. This, God, dude. I'm about to, for real. Man, this is hurting him, dude. It is. More, more than me. I agree with him to a certain extent, but more, more than me. I mean. With and don't give me shit about Ty Bowles if you're bringing up Marvin fucking Lewis. <laughs> One of his D coordinator. D coordinator, not head coach. Who? Yeah. Marvin. Marvin. Mm. All right, take over, Cody. I'm cutting the call yeah, off. Take I mean, over. So, so listen, man. You know we love you. We love the energy and the passion. That you bring, man. But listen, and again, I understand that I even might be in the minority on on this, but I'm tired of judging dudes based off of what other assholes couldn't do before him. Like, now we're not talking about Matt Rule. We're talking about, well, uh, okay, so listen, Nick Saban wasn't successful going from college to the NFL. Is there anyone amongst you that's going to say Nick Saban isn't a good head coach? How about this? Bill Belichick was fired from the Browns. And Bill Belichick is uh, revered as the best head coach of, of all time now. So it's like a, a lot of the criticism that, that I'm hearing is just, well, he was a college coach and he's not built for this. He's not built to turn around an NFL program. Well, all I'm here to say is that y'all don't know that. If we don't know that he's able to do it, y'all don't know that he's not able to do it. All I'm saying is that the man, the man deserves his chance, and I don't think anyone, uh, any of us, are saying that he doesn't deserve the chance. But I mean, it, to, I, I'm not down with people like um, wanting to to say that this is a terrible move before it happens. There might be legitimate criticisms of the move. But, dude, I promise you, Mike McCarthy would have been such a bad hire for this football team, dude. That's no, another I That's another hill I would, I, would, I would die on, man. And can I say um, one thing about Nick Saban real quick in that Nick Saban is sort of a bitch when it comes to his Miami <laughs> Dolphins <laughs> career. He's a bitch, though. I did not like Nick Saban for the longest time because of what happened at the Dolphins. He was wearing that fucking Miami-style hat, and he yeah. said, no, I have no intention of leaving the Dolphins. He comes in there, is supposedly all in for a year and a half. Nick Saban, he hit adversity in the NFL, and, yeah, and he couldn't deal with it. And actually, you know what? Because of that, I want to play this. This is a quick... 
a clip on Matt Rule when it comes to adversity and toughness. Leave. I want them to have a couple core values, and one of them is toughness. And it's a word that people hear and people talk about, but not many young people really know what it means. I tell our guys, toughness is the mental and physical strength. It's strength, mental and physical strength to do what you're supposed to do, no matter what the circumstance, no matter how hard it is, no matter what Even the if it's Miami, are, no matter how you feel. And it's strength. It's not, a, it's not a talent. It's a skill. It's something that you can develop. And I want our kids, I want them to leave and rule? learn all kinds of things, but yes. I want to make sure that they're tough. That they don't make excuses and they don't let other people make excuses for them. You just sound like a preacher. That they don't let the strain <laughs> of life break them. I mean, it can bend them sometimes. We all know that, man. Life hits us. Football hits us. And it makes and bring us the bend. Lord it makes Jesus us weary. But we can't break. I think this was uh, Rob Gould that now, said this to me. In high school football. If they don't learn about toughness He's from talking you, to high school coaches right us, now. In college football and high school football, when are they going to learn it? If not from us, from who? So as I leave here and I'm on this mission to have a tough football team, I just want to encourage you. We got to make sure that the game that we leave behind is the game that we love. Football is the greatest game in the world because you take your two hands and you put them on another man and you move them where he doesn't want to go. As my college coach, Coach Paternal, used to say, it's the greatest game because you knock someone down, you help them back up, and then you knock them down again. And I didn't do a lot of knocking down all the time when I was a player, so I think it's a great game because when I got knocked down, I learned to get up. And that's what I want my kids to understand because they're growing up in a society where they can just hit restart. Or if they don't ghost. like what I'm saying, they can just well, stop you can ghost somebody. And I want them to learn these lessons. Yeah. And part of that is being physical. Each and every day is in my job. And people tell me, like, it's not okay to be quite as physical anymore and all, all these things. And I say, no, we can't leave the game behind. It's just seven on seven. All right. That's Matt Rule on toughness. Hey, um, hey I sent the uh, a DM of the, I guess, the first actual interview Matt uh, has done with the Panthers. So, uh, Caroline Kanda, uh, if you want to. I mean, if you want to look at that or QA. Holy or cow, we already got an interview with him? Yeah. yeah 40, it's, uh, it's right. like you guys, seconds, right. all right, yeah, here, let's go, to, well, let's go to the next, uh, any comments well, real, real, real quick, yeah, before you start that up, I, that call up, I want, or the interview up, I want to say, uh, Cody, while I, you were talking about before, about how you don't want to judge a character or a person by what the people before him done in the past, I agree with you there. You're right. But that doesn't mean that we should ignore statistics. Okay, like when I go with like if I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. Well, okay, he is an analytics I'm, guy. He would also like, say you yeah, shouldn't it, ignore. Right. Analytics. Well, if I'm going to go buy a lottery <laughs> ticket, okay, Sorry, I realize that one in every six point whatever billion wins jack the jackpot. Okay, I'm taking my chance by buying this lottery ticket, but I'm still I'm still inconsistent. Like know that good the the, the 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 stats say that I'm probably not going to win this. Like, you know, so you've got, like, I'm not saying that, that is an end-all, be-all of most college coaches that come into the pros don't make it, but you do have to take that into consideration. You don't want to judge him based on what people have done in the past, but you do need to keep that in the back of your mind 
it doesn't always work out when you do that. Right, but yeah. Cody, Cody, it's a fair, it's a Cody, it's a fair point for this reason. Is I'm not superstitious, but if I see a ladder, I don't walk under it on purpose. Go. I'm not. So you're a little superstitious. I'm, I'm, I'm a little. Superstitious. No, I just yeah. don't well, want to mess no, with superstition. Like I'll just this be like, if I have a choice, right. I'll just go the other way. It's not all <laughs> that common right that you really see what is it that makes college sense? coaches come to the NFL. And that kind of goes to your point. But isn't that a numbers game? Like, think how many coordinators and other Ooh, guys are already point. with NFL It's only teams. been like seven they, college they coaches. Hire, yeah, the, the, the amount of uh, the number of college coaches that come into the NFL, well, it's, it's going to be a smaller number, and you're going to focus on – the 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 little success that they've had but look at the large number of guys with nfl experience coordinator or something else but what i'm saying is everyone everyone flames out he's actually saying percentages because like if you say this is that two different things there's only been 20 college coaches but there's been like 200 professional coaches a coach either comes from another NFL organization, right. uh, whether it be a defensive line coach or, or, or whatever, or they come from college. Well, okay. more NFL coaches are getting jobs rather than college coaches. Not a lot of college coaches genuinely move up the ranks into the NFL. But a lot of these NFL guys that are already here, they're kind of proven to you in the amount that they flame out that their NFL experience doesn't matter for too much because they're just not built to be a head coach of a national you know, of an NFL team. Well, see, but but like I said, now you're moving. We have the too small a of bit. a sample set, is what he's saying. Right. You're, yeah. Exactly. Right. You're moving the goal because <laughs> now you're comparing play like coaches who have coached in the NFL to coaches that have not coached in the NFL. All I was specifically saying was coaches that have not coached in the NFL. But that is a very valid point. And if you compare those two statistics, I'm sure it's probably relatively close. Well, actually. Probably not, because I can only think of two successful college coaches. I can think of a lot of coaches that are successful in the NFL that had pro experience. So, I mean, you got to kind of look at it like that. There, there, there are 32 NFL coaches. Probably, you would say, 25 of them are successful. And I'm willing to bet you of those 25, probably 24 of them were all from prior experience in the NFL. So, when you look at it like that, well, actually, when, it just tells uh, you that prior experience in the NFL does proved to be a better uh, uh i guess uh attribute to have than it's coming straight from college well also yeah. remember a lot of those guys started somewhere it's very yeah, rare right. that you you're ever right. start out just being an, uh, an nfl coach but, or but, just being led into the door i mean if anything i like the balls that matt rule has shown listen lincoln riley at being the number one name that everyone mentions every year for every head coaching position, the Cowboys would have been available to him. Matt uh, uh, Lincoln Riley has still not bet on himself to move up to the. NFL. Well, no, someone, so someone in the chat room, someone chat in the chat room did bring a, a good point at the beginning of the show: is that he can't leave Oklahoma after that loss to LSU. I mean, dude, if the Cowboys. Come knocking Fuck the Cowboys. I guarantee you. I guarantee you the Cowboys. I guarantee you the Cowboys kicked those tires and he rejected it. 
All right, yeah, how about this? So, is CK so he was not that going pro? Bolster, yeah. Doesn't that bolster the argument from Matt Rule that Matt Rule at least believes in what he's selling enough to say, you know what, damn it, uh, you know, I know that the, the, yeah. the, the, that that my chances aren't very good, but I believe in myself enough to turn around an NFL football team. I did it very at possible. two at, at two lesser known colleges. And now I'm going to try my hand at doing it in the NFL. And I think that when you look at all the candidates that are coming from college, Matt Rule is just as poised to be successful as any of them. Lincoln okay. Riley or, or, or who else you want to name. Okay. All right. Let's see if this, if I can pan over to the Carolyn Cam interview. Oh, hold on. All right. I can. I just can't get the audio to work. You can or you can. Hold on. I got it. You guys come on back. (laughs) Hold me up. Hold the show up for a second. Well, you know, I've got to come to uh, Cody's defense a little bit. Uh, You know, I think he's getting, uh, you know. I agree. I'm so optimistic about this. It's like definitely the outlier here. Here's here's the positives to everything. Here's the part of it that I'm looking at. And I'm not saying you be blind and I'm not saying you – uh, you just, you know, crap rainbows and unicorns. But what I am saying is this is a seven-year deal. We're dealing with, with Matt Rule for at least four years. I There is no situation where after this deal... We're, we're not, not actually, have... dude. We're, we're dealing with him as long as Tepper's checkbook wants but, us to. But right, so what I mean years. by that is we're yeah. dealing – they put him for seven years. He can – the thing the, – the, Four. The Four is the – Yeah. Is we, the, I mean, yeah, but he would just pay him. Wouldn't you yeah. just pay your well, ex-wife to leave if you really fucking hate him? If he fires him, he has to pay him. Here's, so. my, here's my point. To, to have the mentality that this isn't going to work out, which I'm not saying you do, Greg, but I think there's a lot of people out there who feel that way. Right. It's going to make your life miserable when it yeah. comes to thinking about you're the right. Panthers. Even if next year we do bad, if you sit there and say, I told you so, well, you're yeah. going to be back in the exact same position. This is a rebuild, and I think we can all agree that it's not going to change overnight. We'd like for next season to be a different season, but if you know, it may not necessarily be the time where you know we may not be where we want to be. But to, to I think that with time – one of the things that I'm a firm believer in – is I don't care what your education is. I don't care what your background is. If you care enough about a job, if you are willing to put your effort into it and learn and 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 be open to criticism, it doesn't matter what degree you have. Everybody can do that job. You put me in a CEO position, let me learn for about three months, learn what the ins and outs are. I'm not going to say I know everything, but I can tell you I'll be able to do a pretty daggone good job without having a, a, a doctor in whatever degree that most CEOs have a doctorate at. Thank you. I got to shut down, y'all. Can I have a Can I have No, you and I are ready to fight, yeah? Yeah, man, don't don't, uh, defame my my future wife. I don't care. Oh, he's such a loser. No, listen, man. (laughs) I do want to say this. Uh, Listen, so Greg and – so, yeah, I'll ask this to Greg. Uh, okay, uh, uh, how familiar are you with Urban Meyer? Uh, just what I've seen from like e- ESPN. Like, uh, I've never really 
delve into his career or anything okay, else. Okay, but you know that he's been successful yeah. at, uh, at, at, all throughout college. He won right. championships at Florida with Tim Tebow. Then he went to Ohio State, won a championship with Ohio State. He's known for turning around <laughs> programs. And even though he's been in college, he's been a name that's been rumored to be out there forever. But mm-hmm. you still have the same criticisms if we hired Urban Meyer? Uh, no, because I, I wouldn't. I would. I would have some of the same criticisms, but not as strong, because Urban Meyer showed more success in the co- on the college level than uh, Rule has. Okay. Like, like Rule's turned franchises around, but he hasn't won anything. Urban Meyer turned franchises around and won stuff. Had Heisman Trophy winners. Had number one draft picks. Like that's there, there's a little bit of a difference there. That's know? that's because <laughs> let's be honest, Urban Meyer sticks around until there's a controversy. Like. Yeah. Matt Rule. Okay. Matt Matt Rule bets on himself, and if he has an opportunity to go and make another program better, then he's done it. Urban Meyer doesn't leave voluntarily. You know, he leaves when that controversy hits. So he's spent more time places. He's going to get it to that point. Matt Rule sees what he saw in Baylor, and we may end up having that same thing happen here in Carolina, where he says he felt like he's done what he needed to do at Baylor. He got them where he needed to get them. And then now they can go on and continue to be a powerhouse that, you know, he's created them into being in there in, in, in that, uh, uh, you know, whatever the division is. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I, that's where I think that the, 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 the part of this where when you compare Urban Meyer, yeah, he may have more success. Matt Roll has more, uh, more gumption or more. More testy, right. if you will. But 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 that that's a subject. That's, yeah, that's Urban Meyer's always opinion, been thrust yeah. into pretty great situations. Yeah, right. right. That's I agree. Another, that's that's yeah. another good point too, and that's part of the article uh, that we were you know, we interviewed Chris Homer earlier. Part of what he talks about in that article is that when you're the head coach of Baylor, all the best prospects aren't coming to Baylor. Right. They're going to Alabama. They're right. going to Clemson. They're going to. Florida. They're going to all these big damn programs. I would say that I mean, yeah, listen, Urban Meyer is a great coach. I'm not saying that he isn't, but when you go to Ohio State, you know by just that brand of the Ohio State Buckeyes, you're going to have the best players at your disposal. Well, that's the, yeah, that's that the exact the thrust of the article right. was, well, is my man against Penn State could never get right. the best recruits, so how do you beat them? Right. And so Urban Meyer... Has always look. I mean, I guess if anything, what he wasn't in was he in Stanford? Well, uh, no, with luck, was he coach. No, yeah. Urban. No, uh, he was Florida. Uh, Florida with Tim Tebow, yeah. and then he won. Who was he with before Florida? But well, I don't have his history up behind me right now. But the overall point that Damn I'm trying to make is that is that is that <laughs> rule has done more with less. I mean, he's been. Yeah bad seasons and then he's turned it around and he's been competitive with football teams that he's that not yeah. supposed to be that. competitive with. Now, and let me speak to, to Carl D in the chat. Uh, listen, I, and and to you, Greg, I'm not saying that, that, that none of these concerns are legitimate. Because as of right now, Matt Rule hasn't proven a damn uh-huh. thing. And that's just the, the um, 100% the, the truth. I'm saying there's enough reason for Panther fans to get behind this hire and be optimistic about what Matt Rule has the yeah, potential I agree. to do. 100%. That's all all right, I'm can saying. we 
let's try to see if we can get to this Carolyn Cam thing. Because yeah, all, I heard all, the, you... all y'all are thirsting. Well, you said the right opportunity. What is it that makes Carolina that right opportunity? Uh, a missed opportunity, well, just... right? Yes. Uh, getting to know Mr. Tepper, getting to know Marty. Um, it was very clear that things were going to be done very right short. Way. I'm assuming there's going to be a longer version. They were not looking for a quick fix, but instead they were looking for sustained excellence. They were looking for uh, a coach who was going to come in and build a program. And, and that's all I really believe in. It's not to me about, you know, rising and falling day after day. It's about putting a process in place that guarantees that you're going to be successful in the long run. And then having the guts, having the I toughness to stick to it through good times and bad. Oh, that might have been. And when I listened to them seconds, talk, that's what they were looking for. That was 40 seconds off. Yeah. And it just seemed like Yeah, it did turn off. It, it was, yeah. it, the, the whole thing was 43 seconds. I don't know what that was. Okay, all right. Was can, I put, can I put one thing to rest, though? And listen, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. Can I put one thing to rest on this show? Is that why y'all, and you guys are going to have to pull up the YouTube thread <clears> to see this. But while y'all are talking about Caroline can, right? Yes, we can and all this. Oh, really? We're going there? I'm talking about... I know what you're doing right now, dude. You're Lorena Shaw. You're a dog. Lorena Shaw. This is Cam <laughs> Newton's new girlfriend. And you trying to tell me. Uh, yeah. All right, Josh from Mass. You want to freeze it on Caroline Cam? I mean, I don't see anything. I told you I was gay for Cam. Ah. My man knows exactly what I love in the world, and it is big butts. Good Lord. This mug. You're not lying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling y'all, if you're looking on the YouTube right now, you are. Sorry, ladies. And actually, you know what? You probably like it too. Good Lord. How can you not like that? That's way. Caroline Ken, I'm so tired of y'all thirsty mugs. We talk about thirsty bitches. Y'all thirsty mugs. I'm thirsty for that booty. Listen, man. Caroline Ken is gorgeous. She is <laughs> She has beautiful eyes. She is a tall drink of water. And you're not gonna slander her anymore damn it <laughs> can. i will not stand for it josh will not stand for it yes you no can. one will stand for it but by yes, the way me can. and carl d are gonna have to have a conversation all right can we <laughs> uh, me and carl, listen baylor had listen for those of you who don't know art bryles the former coach at baylor was paying for his students to get prostitutes in order to commit to Baylor. Has nothing to do with pay, though. No, like. well, 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 yeah, listen, whatever. What I'm saying is, uh, <laughs> Baylor, Baylor was attracting no one at the time Matt Rule was hired to be the head coach. So, no, Carl. They it was a dumpster fight. It's the worst job in America at the time. It may have been the worst job in the they entire country. Have- I don't they know, did you see football at that time? Sanctions. No, it was because, no, they had the giant sexual, all of that sexual harassment, the strippers, yeah. the rapists, the, all of that. There was like 32 cases at Baylor. And you know what they did? They went and brought in a preacher's son to fix it. <laughs> they didn't have no talent. All right, let's go to the next call. Let's move on. We got to move on. Let's move oh, well, on. He, he utilized what he had. 
They went from 1-10 and 10 to uh, being in the Big 12 championship, and a lot of the players were the same team that went 1-10. and 10. So that's how you utilize talent. No, they didn't players. have a ton of good talent, Carl. You play different players in college every year. You don't do that in the pros. All right, yeah, next call. Yo, what's up, C3? This your boy, Nova Black. It's been a long time since I called. Y'all My know. Man. We all know. I'm quite sure everybody's talking about it. Matt Rule, the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Just when you thought it couldn't get better than Ron Rivera. Well, nobody actually thought that, but... <laughs> that, that, that was a good idea for some, but a lot of us been calling for his hanging and getting him up out of there. Ron Rivera's gone. We got Matt Rule. Listen, I really think this guy can turn this thing around. Regardless of what they do with Cam, I believe they're going to bring Cam back. And, man, it's going to be one heck of a season. Nova but preaches, look, bro. And it's, it's crazy because you know that's David Tepper's guy. David Tepper went down to Waco, met with the man, and didn't leave, you know, until he had the man. Hey, it's a, hey I'm happy. I'm excited. I look forward to whatever we do. I'm a Panthers fan regardless, but I'm always going to root for Cam to beat QB1. But, you know, if they make the right moves, you know what I'm saying? Hey, right. that's something oh. I'm willing to live with. But, Lord, please, please don't take us back through the Vinny Testaverde and what's that boy name? Matt Moore. Matt Moore. Jimmy Clawson. Jimmy Clawson. I can't even remember his name. Jimmy, Jimmy Clapping, Jimmy Clawson. <laughs> 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 Whatever. Uh, <laughs> man, listen, we suffered in Y2K. <laughs> Until we got Cam Newton in 2011, I think it'll be stupid to let him go. I think if you bring Cam back, McCoy's going to want to come back. All these other guys are going to want to come back. We might be able to get this roster back with some better coaching, better defensive coordinating, you know what I'm saying, some more motivation. And if it's God's will, if the football God's will, let us see Cameron, Juan Newton, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Chris, Christian McCaffrey, Golden Greg Olsen, and, and, and company, you know what I'm saying, wield the Lombardi, man. Let this year be our year. Okay? Okay. Good. Somebody pointed out in the chat room that he was a legend, Nova Black, and he is. He's the man, the myth, the living Legend. I, one thing that points that I wanted to point out about the call, and I don't know what it made me think of this, but we've seen all of these coaches, Ron Rivera pulling this coaching tree, right? Even from now, Scott Turner reportedly being the offensive coordinator, maybe, and in, in the Redskins to who is it? Uh, Vermillion. What's the guy? The. Ryan Medical Vermillion. dude, yeah. Any news? Yeah. Any has anybody fucking heard Eric Washington's name going to the Redskins? Yeah, I mean, no, no but not a fucking exactly. word. They got Jack Del Rio, which is the best hire Ron Rivera's made that, since probably yeah. North Turner. To be honest, yeah, I, I, I like North Turner. That happened here in Carolina. 
That, I mean, what, did, what, why, why I, did I have a theory did? about this. I have a theory. I think Ron was scared to hire a guy that he thought was as good as him. Mm. Oh, maybe so. Because uh, is that, and that's that's my theory too, a little bit with Norv Turner a little bit, is that like, is that the only reason he hired him is because they had such a good personal relationship. He, wor- he wasn't worried about us booting him for them. And I think Jack Del Rio's here. All of a sudden, Ron Rivera's looking like shit. And then we go, all right, well, interim coordinator, Jack Del Rio. So now, do we have news? I mean, is everybody, and I may have missed it, because I know Scott Turner was hired for the Redskins. Did, or, does that mean all the coaching staff was officially let go? Or, or do we actually still have those on staff and they're just accepting other jobs? They can't be. Well, that's a great question because I heard some asshole try to tell me today that Jason Garrett was still like the they said this. The Giants had to request to interview Jason Garrett while they had already announced that Mike McCarthy was a head coach. And I was like, what in no. the fuck does that so even they, mean? Yeah, like, they can't Jason Garrett just him. say, fuck y'all, I quit? Bitches, yeah, they were, fuck well, you, he, fuck he you, was, fuck you. Well, you cool. to be fair, hey, he still is under contract until the middle of January. <laughs> well, oh, until when? January, yeah. Oh, January? Well, we're in January. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's in the middle of January, so that may be why yeah. they needed to, okay. they needed to right. request for it. I hate that. Know. That's bullshit. I mean, I get it. I get it. That may any other thought? Nova Black brings the heat every week. Oh, gosh. Or anytime he calls. He's but yeah. And somebody said it in the chat room. Legend. Nova yeah. Black. Anytime Nova Black is the title. He holds the title. And I feel like G-Baby is a contender. Yeah. He's right there with it. You know what I'm saying? But hey, Nova Black hey, is hey, the hey, title. Hey, Joshua Mass brings the heat, too. He's a heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah, Joshua Mass does, but he gives me too much shit to fuck. I'm not gonna give. Yeah, G is great. Yeah, too, man. But Josh Mass too much fucks with the promoter, man. We have some legendary fans. We got some legendary fans, and they bring the heat and the cat calls, and that's why we love them. It's like I said earlier, man. The 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 four guys we have here and the fans make this show amazing. Oh, it's it's amazing! Look, it's eleven o'clock. We're still going. We got ten more calls to go. Next call. (laughs) Ten more calls. (laughs) It's G Baby again. To describe how angry I am right now. <laughs> there's no word to describe how I'm doing right G baby, cheer up, bitch. I'd rather have Mike McCarthy do like Shut up. Hit me up on Twitter, man. I'm done. I'm done with the Panthers. I'm feeling you. I'm not done with them. I'm not done with them. Oh, uh, G, come on, man. G baby. You can't be done with them, man. You can't be done. I promise you, it's not as bad as it seems. Give him a chance to fail. I'm done. I'm sorry. Give him a oh, chance, man. Give him a chance. You're done. Why? G baby had too much to drink last night. Rivera. I think he did. He woke up in the arms no, of an ugly no, woman. Turn he thought it was Caroline Can, and it turned out to be Caroline Can. Turn this call off. All right, it's done. I don't know. I don't believe. I don't think that's the real G baby. G baby. That's an imposter, G baby. 
See, baby, is in his emotions. He's, He's feeling in his own head. Yep. Gee, I promise you, it is going to be okay, my man. It's going to be fine. Give the man a chance. Give him the opportunity to fail first. We don't know that he's going to fail, man. I think there's enough reason to be optimistic. Bring that fire, man. But come on. This ain't the G-Baby that we know and love. It's going to be okay, fam. It's going to be okay. Oh, yeah. I I mean, it's here. here's the thing. You've got to put trust in, in what David Tepper is doing. He's made a lot of really positive moves for this organization. And for him to make this jump, to fly down to Waco, to get to basically steal this man from the Giants, I mean, that's got to tell you something, that they really believe in this guy. And I think it's only fair that we trust that he has the, a, a better understanding of what he wants as far as a vision for this team. I, I think it's a lot better than, your, than, than a lot of people are making it out to be. But I, I do think that it, it it does it's a it's a gamble. Somebody asked earlier, do can we agree that it's a gamble? Any hire would be a gamble. But I think that this is this is probably the best thing we needed for our organization to be able to actually succeed without uh you know with without leaning one way or another. We would sacrifice one place. We would sacrifice on defense if we went with an offensive minded player. We would sacrifice on offense if we went with a defensive minded or, or uh, coach rather. So I think this is the best thing that could have happened to us. With what, in my opinion, he was my number one pick. I just thought that it was not possible because he already announced that he wasn't coming to the NFL. Yeah. Well, let me t- you, go ahead real quick. While you, uh, you, you're right. We really can't judge anything until we see it. Um, I get. I've got to take the side of skepticism here, and I, and I get the skepticism. It's a show me type deal right now. I'm not yeah. with. Uh, Carl D and, and, and Baby G, some of these guys who are totally out of it, it's a show-me type deal. So yeah. for, for me, it's a prove-it year. Like, show me some progression because, you know, you can say that David Tepper has made some great moves, but we've had a losing record the last two seasons. And yeah. you mean he's, that? Been, he, he's been our owner the last two seasons. Now, I, I get it takes time to turn things around, but he hasn't shown me anything yet that's so made he, us a winning team. You gotta so. also remember la- the the first season there was no ability to change anything. Like I the agree. only thing he could he change was okay. was the the emblem on the on the field. That, that was literally the only thing he and had black any time helmets. to change. And black helmets. He <laughs> so, changed that and then, too. Black and then the second year, I think that there is so much going on at that point in time to to fire Ron Rivera was going to be premature with an injured Cam Newton with his history of success. Right. Right. Um, and, within the organization. Yeah, so, yes, two losing seasons, but now we're actually being able to see him make moves, and this is going to indicate – this will be a, a fingerprint of what the future of this franchise is and what type of owner we have. Okay. And I think that to have anything but optimism moving forward, skepticism is always healthy. I think that's something – but I think where G-Baby is having a little bit of trouble is that he's lost any – possible site of optimism and i think that that's where uh we need to try to pull him back off the ledge a little bit yeah but i mean listen we could have hired the the douchebag that the giants hired joe whatever his name is like that that guy wasn't even the best candidate for a coaching job on that football team like there's there then listen everything that greg said is legitimate i haven't said that any of it is wrong uh, the, 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 the fact of the matter is it is true 
there, you know, uh, a lot of these college coaches don't have success when they come into the NFL. So it's completely reasonable to say, well, you know what? I, I want to, I want to see it before I believe it. And right. that's a hundred percent reasonable. All we're posing to you is that there is reason for everyone to believe that this hire comes with a lot of good things to build the Carolina Panthers and can actually do what he says he's going to do. Oh, I, look, I will agree with you to the point of this hire uh, 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 means there will be change. Whether it be good or bad, right. I don't know. But I, I will agree with you mean. right now to the point of this hire, yeah. there will be change. And I want to see where that change goes. And then when that change starts to bear some fruit, then I will feast. Can I, And I'll uh, put one more thing out there. Eric Bieniemy, I think you said that was your pick? Yes. That, well, he's, no, Harbaugh was my pick. Harbaugh was your that pick. Was yeah, yeah. After that was Bieniemy. So. He's been interviewed by a lot of people, and nobody's really saying he's a top candidate. Well, because that's all interview process. Like yeah. actual applying the, the the application of the actual job and knowledge, and somebody not being good in an interview. It's like people in, in high school that were super smart, but didn't test well. I mean, you know, they're, they're very smart people because they didn't test well. It doesn't mean they're dumb. It just who means did, that maybe they don't test. Who well. did G you know, Baby so. say he would be okay with? I gotta listen to the call again. It was like crazy. Hold we on. let go of Ronald a Big 12 coach. Who? We let go of Ron Rivera for this. I'm done. I'm sorry. We let no, move, move on. Ron Rivera. Rivera. No, I got to say something about it. I haven't been this man in a long time. To let go of Ron Rivera for this dude, when you had a chance to get Eric the enemy, which Hold stated on. he Eric was to coach Cam Newton, it makes no fucking sense. All right. So, G-Baby, you guys uh, that are watching, that are part of the show, my crew needs to turn it over to YouTube to see this because they can't see this. But my buddy used to always tell me in life that you go to the bar and you think you're taking home Giada. And I hate <laughs> to tell you guys, these are old, these are old man references. <laughs> Somebody said dad jokes right now. So you go to the bar, you You go to the bar, you're taking home Giada, right? And I think that some of these people that you're talking about, at one point, who did he reference? He would rather have who? Marvin Uh, Lewis? Yeah, he said Mike McCarthy, Marvin Lewis. I want Marvin Lewis as the defensive coordinator. So you're at the bar... You're you're at the bar. You're feeling good. You think you're you're taking home Giada, and this is what my buddy always said. And he said, "When you wake up, you wake up with barefoot Contessa." And you know what? Hey, <laughs> hey, I got, I got perfect. I got a perfect, perfect uh, uh, comment for that. Is my step that always taught me that no matter how good that girl looks, there is somebody somewhere that is sick of her shit. <laughs> there is somebody somewhere that is sick of her shit, so you just got to realize that everybody has flaws. I've heard True, I, I, but I, Barefoot Contessa would make you a fucking fantastic breakfast. <laughs> I, yeah? Uh, listen, I've, I've heard that same saying. I've heard it said slightly different, though. Uh, I'll, I'll save that for a different time, but listen, 
You know, no, 100%. If I wake up next to Barefoot Contessa, shit, we having pancakes in the morning, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shit, right. sex, sex and a meal. I'm down, man. Shit, be- beggars can't be choosers, y'all. Come on. Oh, yeah. All right, all right, let's go. Oh, that's not the right <laughs> voice. That's the wrong voice. You, know, you don't hear from me in like weeks, and then I phone up three times. Uh, Rich, what's up, brother? Uh, I'm happy. I'm glad it's This is before the call, but um, he deserves it. Before the hire. I'm sure the phone's going to be red hot tonight. Um, interesting. The fact Wade, Wade Phillips is out there, I still wonder whether that he might come in. I don't think that would be a bad thing to pair with him, but he might want all his own people. But I'm sure Seppa could bring him in for God knows how much. Anyway, um, really, really looking forward to the show. All right, guys, take care. Keep bounding. Yeah, yeah, this is why I call. And what did I tell you guys about Will Greer? You know who this is. It's like, G-Baby sobered up. That was Pepper's guy. <laughs> David, I don't believe Marty Hurney drafted Will Greer. I don't believe that shit. That was Pepper's guy. And look how that shit I wonder out. if I played these out of order. Like I said, it's a fucking joke. I really don't think David <laughs> Pepper even knows fucking football at this point. I don't. Oh, God, G-Baby is so... McDaniel, These flip flops must have broke, like, yo. What? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> he broke his flip flops, yo. Alright, next song. call. He broke his flip flops. Not to mention Matt Poor G baby is fucking. He lost his flip flop. He didn't break it. He lost one. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Seven seasons at Temple and Baylor. Okay, you want me to rewind it? Forty-three. Yeah. And seven seasons at Temple and Baylor, and we just signed this fool to a seven-year deal. Close to hey, million he is preaching what I am preaching. He is preaching what I'm preaching, guys. You can't. You cannot yeah. judge those first two seasons. Every single place he's gone has been a rebuild. Like no, I, I, fact, I, I, and that, I get that. That's like saying you take that. over so, a two so, okay. and four team Panthers, and you well, get no, okay. to him to a six win team, but it's a failure. Okay, so I, okay, here's the thing. G baby lost his flip flops. No, no. I want to ask you guys. You're right. Okay, judging the first two seasons at each school is is a little harsh because he's going in and rebuilding. So in two years, in 2022, okay, if we have had two six and ten seasons in a row, are you guys going to be on the bandwagon? It depends upon what those no, seasons no, look like. No, say no, the no. say the number again. Say the number again. If just say if we're six and ten the next two seasons, will you guys be on the bandwagon yeah. for for rule to be? I'm not coach? off the bandwagon because that's what we had right now. And dude, did you okay? So how about this? Do we think if we're Kyle six and wait, hold on, Tony. Do we think yeah. that Kyle Shanahan is one of the best coaches? Yes. In the NFL right now, yes. and we paid Matt Rule more than him. We paid Matt Rule more than him. Who had two terrible seasons to start out their head coaching tender with the Fair San point. Francisco 49ers? Fair point. Shanahan. Yes. So, listen, man, everyone wants instant grits, but sometimes you got to <laughs> grind it up. You got to put the butter, the milk. 
You have to yeah. put some love and attention into something before it turns around into the finished product. And, it, and, 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 and listen, how about this? David Cody, said, what's a grit? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. no. I'm don't. all up in my shit tonight. Tony, don't, don't, don't make me mad right now. Oh, <laughs> and the damn well you know what grits are. You better about. goddamn. You gotta go watch my grits. cousin Vinny. You gotta go watch my cousin Vinny. Listen, Great. that's on your oh. homework list. I've seen it before. I just don't. What's a grit? That. That's what he says. Okay. Oh good. my god. Listen. All I'm saying is this. You have to put love and affection and time into something I hear before it turns into what you want it to be. Okay. And so, you know, if you look at, at, at Kyle Shanahan, there have been other examples too. David Tepper even said himself, listen, the coach that we're going to hire probably isn't going to come in and take us to the Super Bowl in the first year. I mean, there has to be reasonable expectations okay. about what's possible for Matt Rule in 2020. I, I completely understand what you're saying. All I want is a commitment from you and everybody else that's agreeing with this. That in two years from now, I'm marking it down right now, January I give 7th, any coach three years. That's what I January say. I 7th, give any coach three two. Yeah. January 7th, 2022. Yeah. We are going to come back to this point. And if we've gone 6-10 and 10, or 5-11 and 11 for the last two years, I want you guys to have the same vigor and the same at like same fire you have for this guy right now, and I want to see if it, if it is legitimate. Oh, like, what you're asking MP, us is to MP do this. It's not going to be. I guarantee you're asking Josh from Mass to have the same feelings before and after he sleeps with Can Caroline Ken. Well, one... <laughs> I don't even Josh. want to talk about feelings after I sleep with a Caroline Cam, but oh, uh, Josh. Josh. Like, I just need a cigarette and a nap. Is what my man said. <laughs> Listen, when it comes to Caroline Cam, Josh will be yeah. happy with my sloppy seconds. Okay. <laughs> He's yeah, gonna roll. Cody gonna roll on out of there. <laughs> Dude, if my, if if like we ever I said, become famous hey. one day, people are gonna come back and listen to these podcasts and just tear us to shit. It's like oh, I said, we're, we're all gonna, gonna be here two years My from name now. is two blah blah now, blah 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 saying. blah. I'm not affiliated with any job. All right, <laughs> we have a we have a whole interview with Kyle Bailey to get to. So let's oh, go. Gosh, through. I forgot about that. Yes, let's go through one more call real quick before we do. Yo, D three Yo, this is Josh from Mass. Mass. What's up, Josh? Wouldn't you know it? On this fine Tuesday morning, the Panthers decided that I'm the only Josh from Mass they needed and didn't even bother meeting with McDaniel because they're looking to follow the rules. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is a great call already. Josh from Mass, we need. Oh, yeah. Great call already. Let's do it all day. Here we go. Anyhow, gentlemen, my thoughts on the hire. To be totally honest, he was somebody not entirely on my radar. Um, I think that's fair for a lot of us. If, if you're not into college ball, you probably don't follow him too much. I don't follow a lot of college ball. I'm the same way. It's too much to keep up with. Yeah, I'm a very amateur follower. Um, follower. Just too much yeah, to keep yeah, up with. I only got so much time. 
like everybody, you start rushing online and looking, what's this, you know, what is this man done? What is, what's he all about? And, uh, you know, it, it really sounds promising. He's turned around not one but two programs. College, uh, college programs. Yes, you're right. Saying, like, no, he's here for, uh, excuse me, I just finished eating. Uh, he's here for seven years. Um, that and check out your next fiance, I mean, Caroline. Touched into something that is near and dear to Tepper's ideology <laughs> with the uh, whole, you know, sports science and and all that. So I, I think really um, on the management side, it's a good fit. But listening to what his former players and up until today, really you could say current players have to say about the man, um, there's you struggle to find things that are bad. You really do. You struggle to find things that are poor. Because uh, I, I still haven't really found much. Um, except for, you know, it's not instant success, but um, when you look at... Yeah, the I think it's a great point right here, Josh. Dynasties or whatever you want to call them or the teams that had prominence for any significant period of time, and it wasn't an overnight thing. Um, usually it was a coach coming in and then some players coming uh, in. I disagree. And it was it was a development. So I'm looking forward to seeing where this development. Great goes. call. No, I agree 100. Yeah, percent yeah, that's really it. I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes, right. and I'm I'm hoping hoping we we stay with Cam because from what I've seen, that's a lot of what his offensive systems have entailed. Um, ah, crap! I'm gonna have to call back three. three. All right, don't call back. Uh, don't, well, you can call back, but you we got so back. many calls. <laughs> We got so many calls. But here, let me tell you, Greg, why I think this is why he's right here. And right. I agree with him. And why you say you disagree. Is that my wife and I have been together for almost twenty years, right? We have a a fantastic relationship. But in that twenty years we have had problems, right? Yeah. And and problems that have gone to points that could ruin you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. like i mean like it's like hey i mean when i say 20 years it's really been 19 years we've been dating we've been married 13 years and all this we've been together for that whole time and we got this giant f argument recently and problems too in my our marriage and i said to my wife is that we have to stop focusing on what we do wrong not stop focusing on it entirely but focus on also what we do right right and i think that's a little bit relevant to the rule higher here is that the wrongs are the college part the this the that but then but we can also build our relationship on what we do right and i mm -hmm. think that that's where Josh is making a good point. Well, okay. I'll counter that with uh, the, mine and my wife. Um, me and my wife. Oh, we're all airing we, it out. It's counseling, dude. Yeah. Get on the couch, no, brother. Look, Get look, on me the couch. Me and my couch. wife were together for six months before we got married. And we Holy were about to shit. Celebrate. Impulsive and as and, fuck. And we're about to celebrate Sorry. our 12th anniversary. Hey, so congratulations. It, 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 it can happen. You know, it can happen. Um, my thing is, the odds don't say that'll work. 
Now I took a chance. <laughs> Most people and, are going to get divorced, so don't get married. Yeah, I, I took a chance, and and you know, and then I bet on myself, and that's what uh, these guys are telling me that uh, you know. Nope, uh, nope, nope. I'm cutting everybody doing. off. Everybody on the C3 Panthers <laughs> podcast bet on their spells. <laughs> you should bet on your spells. You Sorry, should. my bad. Um, uh, no, I, my my thing is, man, I just don't want to put my eggs into the basket of something till I see some kind of proof. Period. Like, like that. That's all there is to that's it. That's okay. I, I, I mean, it's always know? good to have healthy skepticism. What I what I worry about, and I'm not saying you're doing this, Greg, is that we feed into this narrative and then what we end up having is another situation with cam like where you have half the fan base divided and all of a sudden now one thing goes wrong and everybody's calling for his head and what type of mentality does that really provide as far as You're confidence right. from a coach right so i mean right now to have anything but optimism does nothing i think it's okay to have skepticism but to not be optimistic about where the future of this franchise is going you can agree with the hire you can disagree with the hire all you want but he is our coach, and let's assume that Tepper knows what he's doing with hiring him. Let's assume the guy has been hired by two different college programs uh, after being hired by an NFL program. Let's assume the guy knows what he's doing. You know, that's the part of it. And this is, like I said, the the, the aggressiveness is not directed toward you, Greg. It's that, you know, that there's, a, 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 I think, a lot of people out there that don't know enough about him. There are a lot of people who maybe know a little bit too much about him. And that's where their opinion's going. If you are a Panthers fan, right now the only thing that should be in your mind is can he change what we've been seeing for the past two years and can he bring a winning culture back to the NFL or back to the Carolina Panthers? And let's hope that that's the case and praise him for it. No, the, you know what? I, I, the I agree with you 100%, man. crazy right now. <laughs> I agree with you 100%, man. And, and you, like I said, you got to realize my opinion is an uneducated one from – Mm -hmm. I don't know this guy, and that's why I'm skeptical about him. But oh, you're well, right; uh, there, 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 there is a healthy skepticism about it. You need to be skeptical about the kind of things and 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 really, you know, uh, analyze what you're doing here. I am holding my judgment until I see yes. what the first year holds. And I know that sounds like a bitch. It does. It really does. Like I can't make an opinion before this happens, but uh, I really don't know. And I don't want to talk out of my ass and say this guy can't do it when maybe he can. So, Greg, let me ask you this. Yeah, then we got to wait. Hold on. Let me pose this question to you then. So, I, I mean, and you and I are both on the same page. Like, we're going we're gonna to pour our support to the guy. We're going to you know, give him the opportunity, <laughs> the benefit of the doubt to be a successful coach. But let me ask you this. Do you think it was a bad hire? Like, uh, I mean, I know you're gonna you're gonna run with it. You're gonna give him his chance, but if you just had to evaluate it based off of your assessment, would you say that it's a bad hire for the Carolina Panthers? Great based off my assessment from what I've seen of this guy, no, it's not a bad hire because he's been successful thus far, and you can't trump that. You can't ignore that. Um, you could be skeptical about what he's gonna do in the future, but you can't ignore what he's done so far. So no, I would say it's not a bad hire. Um, okay. I, that's, a, that's why I'm not mad about the hire. I'm just skeptical about where we're going to go in the future, and all right. it all has to do with who we, the, the offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, if they're going to keep Cam, all that stuff. Like it, it changes everything. 
All right, we got to strap on our seatbelts, fellas. We got to put this Kyle Bailey interview in. That's 16 right. minutes. So, drink a monster. Many, how, many, uh, how, many, how many cat calls do we have? Four more. Should be, yeah. Well, you want to just tear through with the last four and then just finish with the interview? All right, all right, all right. It's a lot. All right, let's go. Next call. I want it. Hey, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my hey, prediction. Now. It's so, Josh um, again. Josh. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with the rule hire. I'm down with the puns. And uh, I, I really. He's down with the puns. I do see a lot of potential here. I think anybody expecting it to be a first year success explosion or whatever, I think they're. They're going to be in for a little bit of a rude awakening. Uh, but I think as time goes on, this, this will prove to be a, a good decision. You know, McDaniels really – part of me really liked the idea. Part of me really, really didn't like the idea. So, And McCarthy, I really couldn't stand the idea of it. I absolutely could not stand the idea of that old cross-eyed man being our head coach. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. <clears throat> Man was struggling to get the job done with Aaron Rodgers. And say what you will about Rodgers, but he's one of the best of our time. And just no. <clears throat> no. Now, uh, as far as playoff football goes, man, I know it was a rough week for Tony watching not only the Bills, but the Saints. Oh, you know, shut as, the fuck up. some f- may know, <laughs> he knows how to so, fuck with know, me. He might as well be my, he's my spirit wife. Uh, but it's okay. At least you got rid of that awful mustache. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's about all I got to say. And um, uh, yeah, fuck you know, off. My little, uh, <laughs> the- You're done, Josh. <laughs> D3, what's going uh, on? Simple Southern Customs on Instagram here. Uh, man, what on, a up? series of events from New England losing the Saints losing or another questionable yeah. call. What a, what a weekend. And then today we got some big winners. Panthers got a big win, but I think the biggest winner is David Tepper. Not only did he burn the Giants, but what a decisive win for David Tepper to be able to come in here and get the man that they want. They're building around this man. I mean, I believe they're going to... The thing here is Jimmy Johnson coming in and uh, last college coach to come in and, and really shake mm. things up and have some success. But I'm glad that David Tepper is getting the autonomy to build his thing, to build to build his workhorse. That's awesome. Um, hopefully, hopefully it's with Cam. They need to give him that last year, I think. But with rumors going around that Brady could potentially look at the Panthers. Oh, I don't – shut the fuck up. This. Not you, not the caller, but – Patriots culture yeah. in Carolina. No, but Tom Brady, Brady and Carolina wouldn't work for shit. But no, what, you, what do you think on, on all that? Thank you for the call. Go ahead, guys. Tom Brady and Carolina. Anything? Hmm. I want to blow my that brains out thinking about this. Yeah, it's I'm, the stupidest. I, I mean, it, I, I'm not. Listen, dude. It does, Why would he it, pick it, us it, it, out of any it, team? It, it, How about that? Before we start, if whether or not Tom Brady is worthy, 
And he is. I mean, he's the best quarterback ever in the history of football. I get that, but he's not right now. But still, why would he come to Carolina? New coach. No, no, it's not a match. It's not a match. Uh, How about this? You couldn't say Aaron Rodgers. You couldn't say Tom Brady. You couldn't say, damn sure couldn't say Phillip Rivers. Listen, I don't want to. Get Phillip Rivers uh, out of your fucking mouth. I hate that motherfucker. I don't want to reach that, man. Listen, I I want, listen, I either want Cam Newton. Listen, I'm going to be a real. Or Tua Tagovailoa. No, I either want Cam Newton. Say it. I want to hear you say it. Say it, Cody. Tua Tagovailoa. He says it's so good. <laughs> it says it's so good. Hey, how so, about this? Uh, Clemson uh, has a quarterback coming next year named DJ Uriangalele. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, shut up. Okay. All right, can we go to the next call? Can we go to the next call, please? <laughs> oh, no, next call. Oh, oh, God, you got something to say? Guys, no, you always got something to say. I either want the Panthers quarterback <laughs> to be Cam Newton, and that's number one. And if it's not Cam Newton, I want Trevor Lawrence. And now oh, I, I can't it. wait hey, to get my prediction. I cannot wait to give my prediction at the end of the game or the end of the show. So, all right. Yeah. Well, we got yeah. like twelve hours to go, so you should get ready. Quick break. Had to go get my fresh dollar tea from McDonald's. But uh, <laughs> if, I, if I haven't written the itinerary for this show and the next one, let me go ahead and throw another thing out. They're looking at pick seven for the Panthers. Now, they're talking about Tua. You know, that name's been associated with pick seven. Mm. Now, He's not going to make it there. It doesn't make any sense because well, he is slotted to make it there. The big deal is no, he won't. But you're always right, Greg. So. I was going to say, you said that about the seventh pick. So. <laughs> if we draft Tua, we're going to be doing the exact same thing, putting ourselves in the exact same situation again. No, we're Tua's not. Injury no, He's we're been not. Hurt. How many times? Oh, I Cam is not being injury prone. Next call. Thank you. Can't listen to it. Sorry. Oh, wait, what? 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 Um, wait, what you want to listen to all of that? All right, all right, we'll go back. No, I mean, listen, I'm not. I mean, if we draft Tua, we're going to be doing the exact same thing, putting ourselves in the exact same situation. There's nothing no, like Cam not. Newton. No, we're not it's starting hurt. over. How many times in like a year and a half? Cam Newton has over. not been injury prone. Uh, yeah, hold on. No, I got, hold on. I got here. Amount of storylines out of the NFL this, this past few days. Um, wait and see what skipping decision the Browns make next. But all right, guys. I don't get it. Wait, was this called in favor of or against Tua? I think against it was against Tua. Tua. Against yeah. against Tua. Against yeah. Yeah, and 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 so listen, me and uh, a friend of mine were talking about this on on Twitter. It's like you know, if you draft a young quarterback, it's with the idea that he doesn't have he's not battle worn. He doesn't have the you know, all the the miles on him that an NFL quarterback has. Tua hasn't proven the ability to physically withstand an SEC West schedule. So why should we believe as of right, right now I wanna interrupt and, that on two reasons. I wanna interrupt that on two things. There's only been one injury that suggests he's injury prone, and that's Thank the hip. Thank you. Yeah, keep going. The, the keep ankle going. injuries mean absolutely nothing to me in football, in basketball, or you know, it's not like this. Is that it's yeah, like it just like everybody injures their ankles in fucking mm-hmm. sports. Mm-hmm. It's two different ankles. Mm-hmm. It's two different ankles, and Preach. in defense of Tua, and maybe. 
an attack of Alabama forcing that, not forcing, but encouraging that surgery to come back from these ankle injuries quicker. I don't think that, I, I think these are just happenstances of athletics. I don't think they mean you're injury prone. Well, I mean, more players, some players are hurt more than others. And True. by the way, listen. My, but an so ankle I, I, injury is like, like, I mean, that's, that, we watch right, basketball players injury, roll man, their ankle. injury is very rare. Uh, yes, rare. that's a big deal. That's a big deal. But I don't think calling him prone and linking it to the ankles is fair. I agree. Well, I mean, uh, so listen, the, he has not been able to finish out uh, a season without having an injury hampering him. You can say, oh, it's an ankle. You can say, oh, it's a hip, and that's rare. That's listen, the other if, ankle. <laughs> if Tua, if Tua is, is healthy in this draft, Dude, him and Joe Burrow are one. Would you take him at seven? Would you take him at seven if he's there? The drafts I've seen him at, the mock drafts. If he's there at seven, do you take him him at seven? He doesn't. I don't don't think he makes it there. I don't think he drops it. Right now. Would you take him? Okay. Shut up. If we needed a quarterback, then then yes. But I mean, listen, if. If we had to have a quarterback, then sure, yeah, I would draft him. But okay. I, I also like Justin You've Herbert also told me he's fucking better than sliced bread on this podcast. Take he's him at seven. Very good. He, listen, right. my, my, my criticism of him is not the talent level. Okay. It's the injury history. Real quick, I'm going to get into my prediction because it has to do with a lot of this. Just to let y'all know. And we I want everybody to up. Greg is awake as he's been. I want everybody to know this crazy fucking prediction. Sorry. Crazy prediction. He's woke. And I have have no basis on this whatsoever (laughs) other than gut feeling. Okay? So I want you to know, and I don't want this to happen because I want to keep Cam. Carolina drafts Tua at seven. Okay? Okay. Then we trade Cam Newton. There is one team who has never beaten Cam Newton, that has a quarterback... The New England Patriots! That's exactly That has an offensive Uh, line that's deteriorating, that uh, has a coach that... Cam Newton gets traded to the New England Patriots for Stephon Stephon Gilmore, and we draft Tua Tungavailoa. That is my prediction. No, no, this is why your plan doesn't work. Your plan doesn't work because Tua... To the Panthers works with Cam playing in 2020. Cam plays in 2020 for the Panthers. Tua Tua recuperates, and we either trade Tua or re-sign Cam. No, then you're wasting a first-round pick. Listen, listen, listen. No, you're not wasting a first-round pick on Tua Tungvaloa. You're not wasting a first-round pick. And Greg, why are you wearing a Green Bay Packers beanie on this show? That's what I want to know. I'm I'm wearing a Batman. Oh, okay. I was about to say, it looks yeah. like yeah, Green Bay Packers. Uh, uh, so oh, did you guys see my shirt? Look at my shirt. My shirt is fucking dope Look. as fuck. Ice up, son. Can you see it? Ice up. Can you Ice see up, my son. shirt? I could. I didn't, couldn't tell what it was. Look at this shit. I'd stand up, but I'm naked, but it'll blow the shirt. <laughs> 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 look, look, look. All right. 
I have the prediction of Cam Newton to the Patriots for Stephen uh, Stephon Gilmore, or, 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 we draft Tua Tagovailoa. This is all based on drafting Tua, okay? And then we trade Cam Newton to the Jaguars for the number nine pick. I and love pick when Southerners say Jaguars. So we pick up Jerry Judy and Tua in the same draft. Who the draft. fuck is Jerry Judy? Are you serious? The best receiver is that the best receiver. You, he's the next leader. Here's the Leo Jones, hands down, no doubt about it. Uh-huh. Here's the, is he in college or in the pros? I ain't never heard of this. He's in college. Yeah, he's the number one receiver. So, Greg, in your situation, does does Tua play next year? If we let's, we if we do draft it, him, do we play him? It depends. If we if we draft Tua and we trade Cam to uh, New England, then we're going to take Brady as well, and we're going to have Brady train Tua for one <laughs> year. This is <laughs> all right. I got to cut this it's conversation off. Hey, this is not. This is like fucking crazy talk. Y'all are fucking more drunk than I am. Y'all have drank more beer than I have. No, I made this prediction a long time ago before I was drunk. So. You know why Tua is not going to be drafted by the Panthers? If he why? can't stay healthy with the Alabama offensives that they have, <laughs> the line, he is a definitely real not pro offensive line. Panthers. Very yeah, fair point. Yeah, he that. is not going to. That, that has not. Let's be honest. Will Greer got hurt after two games on that, that and and he didn't have the injury history. Yeah, Our, Cam Newton has been able to maintain his health behind a very shaky no, offensive line for a long time. I love Cam Newton, but he has not been able to maintain his health. He has been out for the last almost three damn years. Uh, until this last right. couple we of years. we got to keep going, last, guys. Last it's 11.45. We've got so much. So, there's so many more. People are still calling in, dude. you got to st- <laughs> Next call. Hello. <laughs> Look, Carl D is coming in. Coming How y'all doing? And now I'm in I'm calling today. <laughs> and, yes, this is going to be a little bit of rant. Matt. He thinks rule of all him. coaches. I am so disappointed in Tepper. Regime is not starting out right. You resign a guy like um, Shaq who doesn't deserve the money he got. Now we're going to get an unproven coach. Yeah, he was with the Giants for one year, which happened to be a Super Bowl year, and then he left. Oh, he touched, and then I hear the excuses. Oh, he touched around Temple and and Baylor from a suspension that's harsh that's hogwash if you're gonna go by if you're gonna get somebody because they can turn around a program hey look at bill bill o'brien the texas head coach he turned around north i mean um penn state from their allegations perennial playoff contenders every yeah, year they're in the what really has he done in that in the nfl besides deshaun looking up and getting deshaun watson not playing. Seven freaking year, years got some. Okay, one of you, if, if one of you got panel agrees with this hire, please, please explain and don't give no lame ass excuse, lame ass reasons about oh he's good at turning around the program. No, that's that is not going to cut it. Seven years, sixty million dollars. 
But the seven <laughs> years means nothing. Ridiculous. Like uh, oh, and the story is out years, there now. Okay, you tell me if seven years hasn't changed our lives. He has no, the audacity. I'm it nothing as the omelagetic call. He won't be he here for three. seven years if call he's terrible. Giant. And sixty yeah. million dollars is nothing to David to Tepper. Match his offer from Carolina. My God, man. What in the hell? And I don't Alright, I'm stopping the call here for this reason. I've been a little surprised tonight of the and how many people did not like this. Yes, I was expecting when I turned on the cat calls the everybody to be fucking pumped. Hey, I'm right And it has the been thing. the opposite. It's been the opposite. CK, yeah. why? Why are these cats so negative on this hire? Like, wh- who do they want otherwise? You know what Jason it is, Garrett? Do you know how many people didn't know who Matt Rule was? And so that's why. I think so many people already had their pick of who they wanted. They wanted the enemy. They wanted... Uh, I don't think Jim Harbaugh would actually. Would none of us really wanted anybody so much crazy? That's my thing. Is there was no person out there that we and I think Cody brought this up earlier in the show. Is that while we kind of had interest in certain people, we were not like, oh, this is going to be the savior of the team for any one of these people. People people were wanting Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels already did the head coaching gig, and he failed miserably. Right. Uh, you, and you backed have, out of ND to fuck yeah. them. And he, he, he shows a very lack, uh, maybe more loyalty to the Patriots than, and let's be honest, I don't think he's leaving, though. I, I don't no, think I don't he's think staying there. I, I think he's staying there until Belichick yep. goes so that he can be the I head coach. Well, yeah, now he has all the options of the Browns. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go to Cleveland either, dude. Which yeah. he said was his dream job. Oh, yeah. did he really? Well, shit, what do I mean? Yeah, but that's because I mean, he's down. from Cleveland. He's from Cleveland or Ohio. But, but I think that there's just an issue with uh, with the the – the stigma, I guess, as you say, you know, from college coaches and, and the fact that he's not a part of these big uh, big championship schools that get five-star recruits. The, you guys just – what I think about when I sit here and wonder about people who question this, you guys don't understand. This guy turned around Baylor, who has th- – that. if you read that article, they had three-star recruits, <clears throat> and he was a number – they were – we're number seven in the in the actual country this year, and also coming off report. the largest uh, largest scandal, maybe arguably in NCAA history, other than Sandusky. What yeah, yeah, Sandusky. Yeah, exactly. What conference do they play in? Who Baylor? Yeah, Big East. Big Twelve. Big Twelve. That's it. The Big Twelve. Do you yeah. mean the the no? Is that the Big same 12? the one that Lincoln Riley's well, in? The no defense Big Twelve, so all you've got to do is produce an offense, and you can win to that division. His credit, they did have. I'm, I'm they did have like them. The Big Twelve six. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying they had look, a better defense than offense. Look, look, CK. Like I, I get what you're saying, and I think that I can kind of uh, um, legitimize some of the, the things the fans here are saying. <laughs> um, it's been such a good I, show. I think Carl that uh, Carl D does not like me, by the way. <laughs> no, <laughs> he loves you, man. It's just a matter of the show. I, I think that uh, what, but you know, speaking from the fans' point, where I'm coming from, and uh, uh, he hasn't proven anything. Like, like, like that's great. You're, 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 you're a great. You, you've done good in the Big Twelve, 
Um, once again, the Big 12 has no offense or no defense whatsoever. Period. All right. How hands about down, this? Is that down, would no you defense. have been so, more excited today if we hired J- Josh McDaniels? And I, I thought I was at first, but it was kind of like this. Is it's the pretty girl you see at the bar, and she's just superficially pretty, but she ain't got no right. personality. Right. She ain't got nothing. Exactly. I think I was... It's like a hot dog's mouth. Yeah, but it has, exactly. It has the same thing, I the am, same thing hiring... hiring uh, Nah, I'm I'm looking at this. At I'm looking at Matt Rule. No, I'm looking at Matt Rule as the girl at the bar... Who's that natural pretty? She ain't got no makeup on. She has personality. She, but, she got but personality. And then but she, why? Because she's turned But why? Hold on, let me ask you. Are you, are you saying that because she's, you like the because way she's turned around? It. No, diggity. Because she's turned around, <laughs> because she she's turned around to college. Like are you saying I'm that because you. she's turned around to college franchises? Or are you saying that because she's... Uh, coach the offense to three different Super Bowls. Like, w- w- what are you saying that about? Oh, shut Josh one, McDaniels one guy's, didn't coach one guy's the coached offense. three different Super Bowls with victories, and okay. one guy's coached. Bella uh, You're right. You're right. You're right. So, Josh McDaniels is made porno. And <laughs> Matt. So, his porno. Uh, yeah, I got exactly. you. I got you. All right. No, that's a, fair, that's a fair point. Fair point. We yeah. do. Need to move on with the calls because we still have a 15, 16 minute interview. Well, damn. <laughs> Josh, why you got to call back call again? Because I really want oh, to get this who is this? Clear because this is Joey Escobar, I believe. And it, it becomes painstaking to edit all that shit. But what I wanted to say off of Greg's point about being skeptical because he doesn't know a lot about Matt Rule. Okay, I don't either. This is I Joey. I love Joey as well. Dumpster fire franchises allowed for college programs, whatever you call those things. I mean, what can you ask for other than improvement at this point? Because I agree. I remember yeah. vividly being at Panthers on Mint. And it was so hot. I was sweating my ass off. Like, the people that normally sold beer were selling water because beer wasn't selling that day. That's how hot it was. Was that a Panthers I game? I remember God damn, being I so optimistic that. about this season. Mm. And then oh, having September. this season go the way it did. I just don't see any reason to be down... Agreed. Hiring of Matt Great Rule. call. I, I just don't. Great okay. call. Fantastic call. Show us what he's got. And if he ain't got nothing, well, he ain't got nothing, but, you know. Let's go to the next call just to speed things up, but that's fantastic. Thank you, Joey. Hold on. I didn't catch your name. One more time. Darius from Raleigh. Darius. First off, I want to say I like the hire for the simple fact Scared money don't make money. Amen, and brother. We Tell, look at can't go to Vegas very, scared. That's why I always lose. Very fair point. From yep. all different angles. What is the most successful coach in the NFL to date? Bill Belichick. And why is that? He understands all aspects of the game. 
and Tom Brady. That say they don't like the hire. The first thing that they say is, "I don't really know too much about the guys." Yep. Okay, then. So everything you're saying is kind of redundant. You don't know too much about them. A lot of people aren't doing their homework on this guy. You know. You I agree. At, when you look at Great players call. that are really dominant on the field, what position did they all play in high school? Quarterback. They understand all aspects of the game when you play that position. Mm-hmm. And that's how I consider it with Matt Rule. Bring this for a circle, man. This is Cody's that, point. How does that apply to the NFL? Kraft took a chance on Belichick. Changed the whole culture of that franchise. The Patriots were not a winning team before that man got there. And look at what Actually, he did. Actually, they were. The but... And then you look at what, what's going on in Seattle. Look at what um, Pete Carroll was doing. And Pete Carroll got ran out of the NFL, too. And they thought he wasn't made for the NFL. Playing it safe in the NFL does not work. It does not win you Super Bowls. Look at look at the Redskins hiring Ron Rivera. That was a safe move. That'll never get them a Super Bowl. You got to take chances right. in the NFL. That's Keep right. Going. Great call, man. I All think right. that that's a call. Yeah, fantastic that call. A, that was a great call, but I have to disagree with them in some aspects. Uh, New England was a playoff contender. Before Drew, or excuse me, before Drew Bledsoe went down, and Tom Brady took over, and they became the franchise they are. So they they, oh, they were on the up and up. Come on, they 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 were on the up and up. No, and Tom Brady came in. Yes, they were. Sorry, stats don't lie, and records don't <laughs> lie. That they were a, a Super Bowl contender before Tom so, Brady. Came so so the Cowboys yeah, were. So. Com- yeah, look, as Tom Brady didn't immediately change them. Of course but he, he did. He passed for like a, 140 yards in the first Super Bowl. But one. he's been a constant, a 20-year 20 20 year constant that he's like a parabola of quarterbacks. Hey, he, yeah, he's very you good. You know what I'm saying? I'm, like he, at the he, bottom, better, yeah. he was a game manager in those years. When he beat the mm-hmm. Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl, he was still a game manager. And they the marched down the field. Yeah. They they marched down the field on us with less than a two minutes or a minute and a half, and they were able. Look, John Casey kicks it out of bounds. He kicks it out of bounds. They get the ball on the forty. He had to move the ball forty yards for no, them to win he had that to move game. The ball twenty yards. Twenty yards. Well, what business get the ball do we have 40, comparing ourselves to the Patriots anyway? Like uh, the, the, all the, all these comparisons. Let's like, do that. Let's do that. Really How about that? Let's do that. <laughs> if we be like, if Matt Rule turns us out to be close to the Patriots, let's do that. All right, last yeah, fucking sure. call. Last call, and then we have a whole big interview, and it's important. It's a good interview. All right. You know what? Since G Baby wants to be a little bitch now. <laughs> I love this. I was going to walk away, but I got to hear this. And I'm blind. And I'm about to smoke. Because I'm about to smoke. That is the fire that is going to be this team led by Matt Rule. Smoke that fire. Joey. This is Joey Esquivel. I know it is. But guess what, G, baby? You got a problem with Matt Rule being hired, bro? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a uh He's icing uh, him up. I don't know how the fuck you say her last name. He is. Catch me outside, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 you ain't about shit. 
I love man, it, man. He found his he found his flip flop. He found his flip flop and said, "Cash me <laughs> out." Love it. Dude, I love it. We're starting fucking turf wars and the cat calls and shit. Uh, it's hey, the best. Yeah. What a Speaking great show. Speaking fire, man. I'll be right back. Me too. Well, here. Are you guys ready for anything before we get into this interview, guys? You good? Mm, how about we do this? Well, well, I mean, I don't even know if it's possible. You want to do all the stuff that we normally end the show on first and then just play the interview to lead us out? Well, what do we have with ice up? Well, we don't even have, oh, you want to ice somebody up? I mean, yeah, because the interview, it's already recorded, right? Like, our interaction with it is, like, done. Well, I mean, we want to hear what you think works. about it. Let's hear what you think about it. Okay, uh, yeah. Where are you going to go? Are you going to go to bed? <sighs> Come on. All right, oh, here's man. the last. It's the last leg. It's the last leg of the show. And look, Kyle Bailey, WFNZ, came on the show. And look, this is what shows you this, is that we got we got the... I've been. I was messaging people all day long, trying to get interviews, like all day, all over the place, from Daniel Jeremiah to this and that. I've got clips we didn't even play tonight, dude. If you got Daniel Jeremiah, that would have been insane. Nah, I got. I I have a clip for him we didn't even play tonight with with Matt Rule. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I mean, Monkey Brooks. I don't even know how. TV shows go through as fast as what we do. I think the C3 podcast is fucking plowing new ground. <laughs> but I'm telling you this, is that, look, we've got this big interview. Yeah. We have this big interview, right? And look, it's at the end of the fucking show. What does that tell you about our show? Our show is dope as fuck. That's what I say. That's what I say. I think I think you should still blast this out, like like, or maybe even put this at the beginning if you put this on Stitcher and stuff. I will. Like, uh, I will. I'll cut it up. I'll make it be like, hey, he's our number one person. Here it is, Kyle Bailey. You know what is? If Kyle Bailey listens to twelve at three hours to this show to hear his own voice speak, then you know what? Love that. This man. show is dope as fuck. Like I said. All right, here it goes. Listen up, folks. Kyle Bailey, WFNZ, talking about Matt Rule. Dun, 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 dun. I'd like to Damn. welcome in Kyle Bailey from WFNZ. I didn't know I had him to from do two to, do to six on WFNZ, the clubhouse. Kyle Bailey, thank I'm you for joining the C3 Panthers too. podcast. Yeah, man, appreciate y'all having me. You know how um, before actually before we get into the show, I do want to just compliment uh, you on your show and what WFNZ is doing. I saw Nick Wilson outside of the doghouse before game last a couple weeks ago, and I just wanted to express that I we we really appreciate the originality and the thoughtfulness of the content that WFNZ is doing right now, and I think you're a big part of that. Man, I appreciate you saying that. That means a lot. It's uh, you know at the end of the day, we just. We're all trying to do work that appeals to uh, the biggest audience possible. And, you know, if, uh, if we're doing that or doing something close to a good job, then uh, we're doing what we set out to do. So I appreciate you saying that. I really enjoy the work, and uh, I'm glad some people out there are enjoying it. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't tell us those types of things enough, particularly in the Internet age. So I always like to kind of start off with something like that. And I'd also like to ask, how was the day today at the office? Uh, <laughs> the day today in the office was, uh, was pretty wild. It was, um, you know, kind of like the day that Ron Rivera was let go, in a sense. Now, you know, I, I knew ahead of time, this, this, this go-round uh, was on the air about an hour into the show uh, back on December 3rd when Ron Rivera was fired, so uh, we had to adapt on air on the fly. Today, I at least woke up and got some word of it uh, at about 10 o'clock this morning. So, yeah, now if everybody was flying around, and uh, as is typical of days like today, you know, we had all the local television uh, sports teams in doing, uh, taking their shots and doing their interviews in our building. So, yeah, it was one of those days. It's historic. I don't know why. I guess it's because the Panthers hired a new coach, and that's Matt Rule. And I brought you on the show tonight to talk about it because, uh, for I would I would say that you've been trumpeting his name for a couple of weeks now, at the very minimum that I've heard, and I'm sure it goes back further than that. Tell us uh, why you liked Matt Rule before you even heard the news today. Yeah, I mean, I liked a couple of these guys, and Matt Rule was uh, was my one A, and Eric Bieniemy was one B, and you know they weren't the only two that I liked, but those were the two that uh, I certainly liked the most. I just, you know, the the more I've paid attention to Matt Rule over the past couple of years, the more I've been impressed, and certainly when he took the Baylor job, that was a uh, an eyebrow raiser because you got a guy from the Northeast who had won at Temple, you know, and, and in Philadelphia. It was kind of in what seemed like his geographical fit and home, not only taking a job in Texas where he had no ties, but taking it as the first head coach after one of the ugliest NCAA scandals in the history of that organization. So, you know, he was very, very interesting interesting to me at that point because if you'll recall, he turned down Oregon, and I think at one point he was talking to Missouri and Virginia Tech in that same cycle. So, anyway, I say all of that to say, he won, and he turned things around quickly there, too, in what was a toxic situation. So I think it became pretty clear that he's a really good football coach. Now, I know you're probably going to get to, and I'll let you do that, but like concerns over college to the NFL, that those sorts of things are completely valid. But you know, not only does he clearly, clearly look like a great football coach at his core, he also seems like a guy who was always aiming for the NFL anyway. Why do you think the Panthers fell in love with him so quickly? I mean, you hear about them interviewing Mike McCarthy twice last week, and, you know, it seemed like Tepper was very deliberate in these interviews, and he flew down to Waco, I believe, to spend time uh, with Matt Rule and his family. They went to him, and it wasn't by phone. It was that it, it was a very personal thing. And then uh, Tepper, if you've seen the video, I'm sure you have, Seemed very excited that he agreed to the proposition. Why do you believe that the Carolina Panthers wanted this guy? Because it really does feel like a very intentional move. It does. And, uh, you know, it does fly in the face of some of the things that Dave Tepper said a couple of weeks back after firing Ron was, you know, he, he had some skepticism, sounded like a lot of skepticism about the ability of a college coach to transition into the NFL. And so those comments seemed to rule out, no pun intended, a whole lot of people. And, you know, I, I, I thought that it probably would uh, eliminate Matt Rule from, you know, this job because, you know, even though I thought most people thought he was, down, you know, bound for the NFL at some point, he hadn't been an NFL head coach or coordinator yet, so it seemed like David Tepper was talking about that kind of guy. Um, you know, I think the fact that they made that personal visit, the fact that they rolled out the red carpet, so to speak, and went the extra mile to get this done, you know, I think that made a really big impression – 
and, and going back to the Baylor thing, right? Taking that Baylor job was the thing that I, nobody really expected him to do. That, that it was it was such a shocking, stunning thing because it didn't. Well, he's a like preacher. Him. He's a preacher's well, kid taking over a, a a program that is marred in sexual skin. You know, what I mean, it's like just a total exactly. juxtaposition. That, and, and that's the point. So yeah, the, the expected thing was the, the expected thing was that he would take the best job. Baylor was not. He wasn't going to do Baylor thing. So every and then now here he's going to take the Giants job. That's what I thought. That was the expectation of a lot of people. But no, he's he's picking the Panthers for a lot of valid reasons. But this isn't the first time that he surprised people. I tell you one thing is um, all right. So let's talk quickly about those concerns. Uh, you know, you hear Peter King all over the national media talking, and he has been. They've been very complimentary of the Matt Rule hiring, by the way, the national pundits. But you do hear the in the last or this century, he likes to say, which is the past 20 years, only two college coaches have had any success if you exclude Pete Carroll and um, who is the former Giants coach and GM of Jaguars. You had him on the show today, Tom Coughlin. And uh, he said exclude those guys because they're really NFL guys who went to college and came back. Um, That college guys haven't had a ton of success uh, transitioning to the NFL what uh what were your what were you hearing from callers or some of the players you talked to about those concerns today? Yeah, I mean we we had uh, Roman Harper in studio today, and Roman obviously you know him, and, and everybody out there they know Roman at this point. His position was, hey, you know I'm not stoked about it. I'm not you know uh, critical of it. He wants to see if Matt Rule can establish himself as a leader of grown men and professionals in, in, in a pro locker room. It is very different, and I think some of the doubts about this are completely valid. I do. I like the hire. I, I have a, I've had a gut feeling about Matt Rule for a while, and I think a lot of what he's done recently validates that. But I think he's an NFL guy, and I don't think he's going to have much trouble relating to and motivating men in that locker room because, as you said a moment ago, he is a preacher's son. He clearly knows how to communicate and inspire and you know, tell people things that they need to hear or want to hear or should hear, however you want to phrase it. So, you know, I'm, I'm, right I'm very confident he can do that. But Roman and everybody else who's being pragmatic about it, they're completely reasonable. He's got to prove it. But, man, if he does that, and not only having won quite a bit and turned around a couple of places now, but having coached so many different positions on both sides of the ball, he's a well-rounded guy. And I just, I, I've got a good feeling about this one, but time's going to tell. Before I tell you my position on it, I want to tell you this, and this is a little fodder for the show tomorrow. And um, if you haven't seen it, you've got to, when we hang up, go and watch Matt Rule's speech at this Baptist church. It is a Man Up conference. And uh, he's talking about his personal life and what it means to be a man. And I tell you this, if you don't want to run through a wall for that guy after watching that for 19 minutes, I tell you, I have no doubt that his message will resonate with professional grown men. I think that, and if you watch it, I think you'll agree with me. But here's my position when it comes to Matt Rule or the college transition, is that there's an, yes, there is a risk that comes with a guy that's coming from, you know, programs that are developed by recruiting, by staying on top of guys, going to class and different things like that to come into the pros. Yes, there's certainly a transition. But when you factor in names like Eric Bieniemy. Or Steven, uh, and I, what's his name? Uh, Lefansky? Uh, Stefanski? Yeah, Stefanski? Yeah. Is that guys who lack any head coaching experience, who have only been assistants or coordinators at best, they have some limitations too. And there's a gamble that you take on those guys. So I do believe the gamble's there. 
I just don't think that it is dramatic. I think it's equally heavy when it comes to hiring an assistant. And that's where I want to kind of, you know, pivot to is why is it that maybe some of these other guys weren't appealing? Like, I mean, it looks like they didn't even take time to meet with Josh McDaniels. He was scheduled today. Fuel is tomorrow. was supposed to be tomorrow. I don't know how that's going to go. But why is it that there may be not about Matt Rule, but what about those other guys that potentially push them to Matt Rule? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I said earlier that I, I like Derek the enemy, but there there's some valid concerns about him too. Like he's got the playing background, and you know, guys will respect the fact that he's been in the league. And of course, in '91, Marty Harney was an assistant GM with the Chargers, and they drafted Derek the enemy in the second round, I believe. So. You know, there there were a lot of things. He gets great references. It comes from a great head coaching tree, and the fact that you know he is putting together those game plans offensively each and every week is it's great. But he's not calling the plays, and he's never been a head coach. Right, Matt Rule. We, we, you yep. can you can try to or you can underscore all you want how difficult it's been for a lot of guys to jump from college to the pros. But there is a lot to be said for running your own organization, being the CEO, understanding the dynamics of everybody in that organization looking to you for leadership and direction and the buck stopping with you like that that's that is really invaluable in the minds of a lot of people and i suspect in david tepper's in this way too so i i, I think eric bianini has got a great chance to be a really really good head coach i think so you can make a great case for kevin stefanski gary kubiak mentoring him and every and we could go on down the line these guys i think all will be fine but Man, I just think that executive experience might mean a lot to David Tepper, and I'm curious to see if he communicates that tomorrow at the press conference. I'm sure you've seen this in your own personal career, but as you, a lot of times when you start in a career, you um, and you're not in a kind of management role, is that you tend to try to do everything yourself, and there is a certain kind of soft skill that comes to being a manager. And being able to delegate, motivate, hold people accountable without just working yourself into the ground. And that's where I think that experience comes in. Um, at, at the end of the day, um, what did Steve Smith have to say about it today? <laughs> Man, a lot. Um, I, I can't really summarize all of that into a, a reasonably length. Positive <laughs> or negative? But no, no, I mean, good. Like, it, I actually was built to build again sort of the caveat that I, as I was asking him the first question, and I should have known better because it's Smitty, but I, I kind of built in the caveat of, you know, thinking maybe, well, you might not love the idea of a college guy, but he actually kind of stopped me at the beginning and said maybe my preconception was wrong and that he obviously laid out the reasons why a lot of college guys will fail in these situations, but he did say he liked to hire. So, you know, it, it did get the Smitty seal of approval. Here's my advice to dealing with Smitty is whatever you expect him you want he wants you to oh. say say the opposite. <laughs> because it feels like you, I learned that I learned you, that a long time ago. You can't win sometimes no matter if you're trying to play hardball, softball. Um so all right, we got just one last right, one. Be willing to play, that's all. That's right. That's right. All right. Um so well, your thoughts though about his ability. Where what is where are the Panthers at? You mentioned that he didn't go to New York and he, he chose us. And I think Tepper pulled the trigger and I think he pulled it hard. But I do think this is there's got to be something to the fact that Dave Gettleman calls analytics guys computer guys, right? And this is a guy who is very intensely interested on finding an edge. 
at any type of analytical component. Um, what do you think attracts him to to Carolina or attracted him to Carolina? Uh, probably, I mean, a lot of things. And I, I, I think we heard a lot of that on that interview from uh, Central Texas earlier this afternoon. Uh, we're going to hear more tomorrow, and I'm hoping – we're hoping that uh, if things work out tomorrow that I'll be able to sit down with Matt for a bit tomorrow afternoon as well and probably learn a lot more then. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's the sum total of David Tepper's uh, resources, his commitment, his plans, what he's already accomplished, the MLS coming here, um, and the fact that, as you said a minute ago, there is that emphasis on analytics and finding the edge and winning a Super Bowl. I think that uh, he sees a guy who is not only the richest man in the league, but is hungry to win, and here's hoping that those two can find a way to figure that out because a lot of very wealthy men have been desperate to win, and it hasn't always worked out. But it comes down to decision-making, and I do think that between David Tepper and Matt Rule and whoever ends up being this uh, this football czar, and even Marty Herney has his strengths. I think you have some, some good people pulling strength, and things could head in the right direction if the uh, the good decisions continue to be made. Seven years, $62 million. Some people kind of say that it's like over overpaying or whatever it may be. This doesn't smell to me of a, a bat poor investment. Instead, this sounds as an intentional investment. Do you think that that figure, uh, how, did, how did you react when you saw those kind of numbers? I know the callers today, I was listening, they were saying, good Lord, we're just throwing money. It doesn't sound like a rich guy being desperate, though, to me. No, not at all. Um, first of all, again, this guy's worth $12 billion. You can't forget that because that matters a lot. And the reason it matters is not just because he has unlimited resources, it seems, to throw at this team, but you know, spending that kind of money and making that kind of commitment to your head coach sends a message around the league that this is a guy you want to work for because he will pay for talent. This is a guy you want to work for because he's serious about winning a championship and you know, sparing no resource and you know, whatever he has to do, buy, build, develop you know whatever it is you know he'll do it and that is a that's a magnet for talent in the nfl and for people who also are like-minded want to win so you know there are multiple things that come out of this uh this decision this contract and again at the end of the day people see seven years 60 million dollars eight and a half on average when the reality is that in three years this is a disaster he has more than enough money to you know cut bait pay him out buy him out and send him on his way and do it all over again so, you know, if he wants it bad enough, I'm, I'm not going to get too worked up about how somebody else spends their money. Yeah, that type of money to him is not what it means. sounds like to us. And if you haven't heard of it, go Google the Revenge Mansion when it comes to David Tepper, and you'll hear about how much he can spend some money. But, all right, Kyle, I know you got, you're got you hanging out. Um, you're off air. You had a busy day. you got to be back on the air tomorrow. Tell all the listeners of the C3 Panthers podcast how they can find you on Twitter and on the radio. Absolutely, man. Uh, at Kyle Bailey, WFNZ, uh, all three platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just making it simple. At Kyle Bailey, WFNZ. Check out WFNZ.com and download the Radio.com app. Uh, it's a life changer. So uh, appreciate you for having me. Man, thank you so much for taking time, and hopefully we can catch up with you in the future. All right, that's Kyle Bailey from WFNZ. You can find them on the Radio.com app, and that's how I listen to Charlotte Radio. I'm in Greenville, North Carolina. And Kyle Bailey has been trumpeting the Matt Rule hire. Guys, and uh, just a couple of thoughts on that call, on that interview right there. Go ahead, Cody. Yeah, I mean, I think that it was very insightful. 
Um, I, you know, I feel like I kind of the the reasons that that he championed Matt Rule are the reasons why I'm excited about the hire. Um, I mean, you look at his pedigree. You look at. I mean, he even has a history with uh, the state of Pennsylvania. I, I just think that you know, there's no reason to not trust David Tepper. I think the upside outweighs the negatives. But I mean, even he echoed, "Hey, you know, he isn't going from college to the NFL. He has to prove it." Um, I just think this is a good hire, and if you're going to bet on a college coach, why not have it be Matt Rule? Love it. Any uh, other thoughts uh, on that, guys? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want you guys to, if in two, three years from now, we are a program franchise and we have uh, really showed everybody what's going on with, with, with you know, with, with uh, records and, and, and division titles, Super Bowls, whatever, rub it in my face. I really do. Rub it in my face, please. I will take it, no problem. I'll eat that crow. Right now, I want to see results. Do you think so it's not going to work? When I, when I see results, do you think it's not going to work? Then I will be happy. Bad day? Uh, I don't know. I truly don't know. And so I'm then not, why do we got to rub it in your means. face? Well, because because I would say that I was skeptical. Okay. Well, that's okay. I was skeptical. That's okay. So, You're right. That's okay. Good. That's okay. Okay. I'd, I'd be more worried if you said this is going to be a failure and yeah. this is not going to work. And there's no I really reason have no for idea. me to be yeah. optimistic about the future of this franchise. Okay. Then yeah. at that point, I'd be more worried. But the fact that you're that. saying skepticism, I don't know what to expect. There's nothing, nothing to throw back in your face. And and I don't think anybody on the podcast is saying that we're going to bring him on Lombardi because of this. Right. You know, there's so much unknown with this. Right. I just think that out of. The options that he had, this is probably the best move for what the organization is going to be okay. doing moving forward, uh, and that's where it is. Um, okay. I it, nobody's going to know whether it's a good move or a bad move until later on, until two, three years down the line when we've actually seen what the fruits of this. Uh, how many years labor has actually? How many years, uh, CK? Before a, you think that? Honestly, you said two or three. I mean, I think I, it's three total. Most yeah, three three least. is two. So here's the thing. I think we'll know a lot about season one is going to be a crapshoot, regardless. Right. You know, even could if be it's awesome, really could be terrible. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of moving parts that we can't necessarily say that is his benefit. If we do really well, if we do really bad, we can't say it's because of him. Um, year two, if we see progress, I think we'll actually see more of his identity in year two, um, and. Uh, Oh goodness! All right, yeah. Um, Greg getting ooh, Greg, ooh, Greg ooh. over there getting him some uh, Caroline Cannon uh, in the house. With that shit. Yes, yeah. is that Caroline? <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, to the point, I will say this much, uh, Cody. You said we, uh, you know, David Tepper deserves the benefit of the doubt because um, he hasn't really made any music until he brings C three into the into the fold of the Panthers. Uh, he he doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You gotta announce on this show. Bring C three in. Yes, I agree. When we when we go damn near three hours and thirty minutes, yeah, we deserve to get paid. <laughs> Amen. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right. Well, that's it. All right, guys. We gotta yeah. ice some motherfuckers up, I guess, and get the hell out of here. Uh, Cody, you got an ice up pick for us? I, I hope. do. Mine's super fast. Um, so <laughs> I'm icing up the doctor. Uh, that uh, okay? So this girl, um, 
if she was bit by a dog and she had to have a skin graft uh, um, on, on her face, like on her cheek below her eye. And she's nine years old. Well, for some reason, the cosmetic surgeon had the bright idea of taking hair uh, or skin from her pubic region and putting it on her face. And now nine the years woman, old. And now <laughs> the, yeah, now the woman has grown older. She has a kid, and she has pubic hair <laughs> growing on her fucking oh, face, God. dude. So, <laughs> I want to comment on I that, mean, dude. Oh, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, to the doctor, to the parents, to everyone that let this dumb shit happen. <laughs> I sub, son. I sub. That's all I have to say. All right. Anybody else got a good ice up here? I got a good one. The man. best I've heard in a while. <laughs> I can't follow that one. It's hard, but uh, That's what I'm said. just gonna ice up the Tar Heels basketball program. I've been a diehard Tar Heels Chapel Hill basketball fan my entire life. Uh, we are eight and six right now, one and two in the conference. The worst team I have ever seen in my entire life. What the hell is going on? Uh, UNC, Roy Williams, ice up, man. Seriously, what what the hell's going on? I so, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. CK, you got anything? Yeah, yeah, and I'm hoping I'm not taking yours uh, here, Tony. But uh, you gotta, I, I gotta bring it back to football, and uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it. But how sweet was it Sunday or Saturday? <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> get them, get them. Seen the Saints yes. lose in. Dramatic yes. fashion. Did I not say that when we were making our yep, pick? Yep, he called this. He called it off. Exactly the way that they did. Like, yep, I wanted it so bad. I, I loved that game because it was it was a couple of parts to it. Kirk Cousins didn't win the game, right? It wasn't Kirk Cousins. He, he didn't lose the well, game. Though. He didn't win the game. What won the game was that defense made Drew Brees look like a little girl. You know, yeah. you know, he was he held Michael Thomas to a, a very uh, mediocre game. There were some good plays, don't get me wrong, but you know, you do not see those types of mistakes. Drew was holding on to the ball way too long, uh, and mm-hmm. and they were getting into the backfield uh, very well. So, what I'm going to say is to all those Saints fans and Sean Payton, which by the way is the biggest D bag of them all. Ice up, Saints. Ice up, Saints. Ice up. Like I'm it. icing up the Giants up. and Dave Gettleman uh, for hiring whoever, Matt Judge or whatever, whoever this guy is that they hired and then trying to act like they didn't get their guy in Matt Rule. Come on, guys. Even if Matt, what's his, what's his name? Is I feel like it's Matt Judge. Joe. But, <laughs> I don't even know. Joe Judge. Joe, Joe Judge. Judge. Matt Judge. Like a television yeah, show. Joe Judge. Yeah. Whoever this motherfucker is. It's like, that's one. fine that you want to hire him, but at least interview the other candidates before you do right. hire him. Scared is that, This seemed really weird. Dave Gettleman, I used to think you were brilliant. I am hesitant to think you're an idiot. But right now, I think you're old. I don't know what to think right now. Moron. Yeah. Mo-ron. 
Moron. Moron. But here, that's my ice up pick to the Giants and hiring that's a person a on the without even interviewing them almost seems like. It's like, all right. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's yeah, my ice up pick. It felt very hasty. <laughs> it it's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We're here every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Look at this. Fucking, how many hours well, is this? Four and a half. And a half. A lot of hours. A A lot of hours. hours. (laughs) In a world where we all are sleep sleep deprivation. All right, we're going to bed, folks. You guys, thank you. 252-228-5098. Cat Calls Line. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Subscribe. Smash the thumbs up button. Cody Lashley, tell them how they can follow you on Twitter. At Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Uh, there is a brand new mock draft on Draft Tech every single week now. So come learn about these prospects that the Panthers are going to draft. And that's it, man. Um, Greg, how can they follow you? Uh, I'll be quick, man. You can find me at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter. I also run on the podcast, the, C- the um, uh, Super, Super Civil, Civil Servants podcast. Yes, and uh, as a matter of fact, Cody Lashney was a guest on my podcast last week, yes. dropped on Monday. We talked about The Watchmen, one of my favorite shows we've done so far. Uh, so check me out every week on Fridays. We record every Monday on we drop. Uh, if you're into pop culture, movies, uh, comic books, television shows, anything like that, hit me up. Have and, a great time, too. And rub-a-dub-dub. Rub a dub dub CK. Tell us how they can rub a dub dub you on Twitter. <laughs> In the world of Twitter, you can find me at Godizzle Allen. <laughs> Hit us with a little beatbox. Hit us with a little beatbox on the way out. It's a C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. My name's Tony Dunn. We'll see you next Tuesday night. Keep pounding. 9 p.m. Until your ears bleed three and a half, four hours later. Good night, folks. We can get the fuck out of here. It's over. All right. Oh, my gosh.